The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of the Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. Hi, this is Mike Koch from the Witch Cross, and you're listening to Radiate Metal. And you're going to keep music alive by listening to this sort of thing. Tonight's episode of Radioactive Metal is dedicated to the memory of ex-Skid Row singer Johnny Solinger. This is Radioactive Metal, your source for news, views, tunes, and interviews. Here are your hosts, Snowy, Rock, Corrine, and Aaron. What's up, everyone? Welcome to a Witch, Witch is Witch episode of Radioactive Metal. This is episode 662, and I'm Snowy White. And dear listeners, my name is Aaron, and you know what? This episode is brought to you by True Cult Coffee, T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T-Coffee.com. The coffee that's not only hotter than a church in Norway, it's hotter than a church in Canada. And if you haven't heard that news story, we're going to talk about that tragedy right now. But if there's one thing you know about metalheads, we have a sick, twisted sense of humor. And that's why we're nice people. Because we can joke about things and still have serious discussions and not want to stab each other. Well, I mean, unless you're like certain punk rockers, but that's a whole different story. Animals. But (laughs) T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T-Coffee.com. Go there. Subscribe today. Not only will you not run out of coffee, you're going to get not one, but two great bands every month. True Cult Coffee, they're always, always working. They never stop. Like, um, Coffee Bean Oculta was through this way, had a little bit of a vacation. Pardon me. Sorry, guys. It's a rough day for me today. But a little little bit of vacation, that's like the only vacation they've taken in years. He just keeps Uh moving. He keeps doing new stuff. He's got the embodiment printing press thing working. He is the metal renaissance man. So, True Cult Coffee, T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T-Coffee.com. Subscribe today. Snowman, how's it going? Well, all things considered, um, with everything that's going on up here in my neck of the woods, I really can't complain. I uh, ended up... I I managed to get my second jab, my second stab, my second shot to get rid of this COVID, to get rid of this COVIDness thing. I I had it moved up about a week. So yesterday I got I got shot number two. Yeah. Arm is feeling a little sore, like every, every, everyone throughout Snowy Manor all got their all got their second shots there. 
you know, apart from a couple sore arms, that's really it. That's so, really good because yeah, I've been hearing the yeah. second one was normally the worst. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm hearing a lot of horror stories. That's great, man. From a lot of people, but so far, like it's only been about 24 hours and all that. But so far, so good. Well, that probably means that the mutation worked the first time, and that okay. you know your body's already mut- mutating. So, right. you know, have you have you realized that you can do things like set things on fire with your mind yet? <laughs> Not yet. All right. Not yet. And um, there's, there's, like, there's been enough fires in Canada, if you... As, as you mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, I didn't even mean to do that one. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that. Oh, goodness gracious. But so if you if you saw an empty tin can, could you crush it by thinking about it? Uh, no, and I've tried. For, 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 for some reason, though, the only time my mutant ability seems to work is every time I'm walking into Safeway. It only, it, yeah. it only works on that one door as I'm walking in. It's really weird. And just make the door open by itself? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it, it, that's a start, right? It is. I'll take it. it I'll take it. It's it a start. It so I've got that going on. That's fantastic. Okay. As well, we're doing things a little bit differently. It's, it's, it's hotter than a church in Canada. Canada here right now, and unfortunately, just because of schedules and my dumbassery and all that, we're doing this uh, Saturday afternoon. Where, yeah. like, dude, it it is so hot up here right now. I swear to God, a a hobbit walked by and threw a ring in my backyard. It was really strange. Wow, that's awesome. And all that, yeah. Precious. That's, that's, how, that's, precious. How, that's how hot it is. So, so to help combat that. I've discovered something new, something I haven't done since I was a teenager. Day drinking. <laughs> since, since what the hell? You know, since we haven't, since that's kind of, we'd like to have a couple belts while we're doing this show and all that. So it's, I figured, you know what? Now is a good time to try to beat the heat with some, uh, with, with some cold lemmies. Yeah, I got a beer going here right too. Why does everyone have such a problem with day drinking? Like... If you're not, I mean, you know, it's like, oh, we're day drinking today. Oh, it's like, they make it sound so taboo. And I mean, if you're not supposed to be at work, it's really not a problem. It's really not that bad. <clears throat> what's the, what's, what's the difference? It's just not something I do. Generally, I prefer, you know, for the sun to start to set a little or for the evening <clears throat> time to kick in because That's I do most of my drinking. Uh, animal. Yeah, uh, I guess so. I guess so. Yeah. And I just like to do most most of my my imbibing out at shows and all that. So that's kind of what I'm what kind of what I'm used to You're doing and all animal. that. But we're doing something a little bit different. Right after we're done here, I'm stepping out as well. Gonna go and check out some cool record shops and see what they've got for me this week. And my last trip will definitely be reflected in my metal fix so to get us there i say we should start to rock and roll and we will do that with our mandatory metal segment courtesy of the fine folks at true cavalt coffee and i just i don't know i just kind of as i'm just kind of pissing around on Bandcamp. i just i just discovered this band i probably should have heard of before Called Morbid Breath. Hmm. Oh, okay. This is really cool. Here, I'll give this a shot. Oh, this sounds really good. Let's go with Hell Ripper. 
from their latest release, In the Hand of the Reaper, for True Cavalt Coffee. In our mandatory metal segment, this is Morbid Breath. very busy this week. Here's our metal fix. Oh, hey, dude. What's going on? All right, man. So first and foremost, um, I got to go to the record store yesterday with my son. Right on. We were hanging out. We went to the comic shop as well and um, picked up a new Godzilla one shot. For the life of me, I can't remember what it's called. Um, 
But, you know, we were out and about and we're near the record shop. I'm like, hey, let's go in there. And so I picked up on vinyl, and I'm so excited about this, Gojira's Fortitude. Right on. Now, it says right it's on. limited edition black ice, and that's what I'm trying to look at here. Oh, okay. So they mean it's like see-through black vinyl. I was, ah. I was waiting till we were on the show for this. So limited edition black ice is what they say. <laughs> um, I, and like I was going to try and not open it, but I'm like, no, no, I really want to open it. So this is why I like vinyl. And like I'm trying to figure out how I want to manage my music collections going forward because you've got streaming services that make things really effective and... Um, you know, cost effective for for the the end users, for the listener, for us, right? Mm-hmm. But that's not necessarily the best thing for the artists that we love, right? And so, um, I think I mentioned on the show, I've already bought this digitally. Like, as soon as it came mm-hmm. out, I bought it. Because I'm like, nope, I want the band to get uh, my money. But then I went to my local independent record store because I want them to get my money because they need to stay in business because they're the ones that do the cool stuff here. Like... If that shop leaves, like, I'm just screwed. Like, I do not know what I will do for any sort of, like, well, like, remote semblance of some, like, sort of fun outside the comic shop. Like, I need music. But anyway, so the reason I like vinyl is, like, in it, there's this nice, big, heavy-duty, you know, cardstock kind of card, glossy, and it's got lyrics, it's got pictures of the band, and it's got all the stuff that you don't know anymore. Like, it's recorded at Silver Chord Studios in New York, mastered by Ted Jensen at Sterling Sound in Nashville. This is the first time I've actually can remember seeing that on a record album in I don't know how long, because it's in a nice big format I can read instead of needing a um, magnifying glass on my um, on my CD case, you know? So... <laughs> uh-huh. I just, I, I love getting vinyl. So um, I'm trying to pick up vinyl for the bands that are a big deal. And if it's something that I really like, because here's the other thing with streaming services. Um, and I've, I've seen this happen even just with digital music stores, right? So digital music stores, what where, where I'm struggling in general with them, and I don't know, maybe it's just that agreements change and all that sort of stuff, but... There are times when certain things are not available on digital music store. So, for example, I bought a live album that was um, Johnny Cash and um, Willie Nelson together. Ah. It was like like a storyteller with the two of them or something like that. I, I couldn't even tell you what it is anymore. I've got it somewhere. But I bought it digitally because I'm like, oh, you know, it's when, when the digital stuff was first starting. I'm like, oh, this would be really cool. You can't get it anymore. Ah. It did, and, and I'm like, well, why is it not available digi- digitally? Like, in my mind, digital is so cheap, so cost effective. One file means infinite copies for everybody else. Why in the world would you ever need to not sell something? You know, like, mm-hmm. it makes no sense. If I type in Johnny Cash, it should come up. Like, I was thinking about this with Kiss, because that's actually part of my Metal Fix 2 this week. But, like, there's certain Kiss records that don't come up. I'm like, there's no reason to not have anything that was ever sold by Kiss available. Mm-hmm. And, and any band, you know? Like, if it was ever put out 
Like there's no reason to not put it out digitally because otherwise it's going to get lost forever because these formats are changing and shifting. Like it's still a miracle that vinyl came back, but there's going to be things that we're never going to hear again, you know? So it, it all needs to come out. So I don't know. That's my thing there. So that, that was the first thing. And then this week I was checking out the 40th anniversary of Motorhead's No Sleep Don't Hammersmith. Ah. You remember that live record? Mm-hmm. One, I can't believe it's 40. But mm-hmm. two, what <laughs> a bad ass record. Wow, those guys are a powerhouse. Mm-hmm. Motorhead live, you can't beat it. No, no, you really can't. You know, it was amazing. Just absolutely phenomenal. Um, but then, so also at the record store this week, and I'm trying to make sure my daughter is not within earshot. But, um, cause I know she won't listen to the show, but, um, you know, Halloween and witches are, are a big thing in your household. And so mm-hmm. I'm sure you guys are fans of Hocus Pocus, right? Oh, it's a religion in this house. Uh, same Mrs. here. Mrs. Snowy loves that. There's, there's paraphernalia about the movie all over the house. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like it's same here, right? We, we all love it. Um, except my son who just has to be the opposite of everything that the rest of us do. But you know, I like deep down, he really likes it. But anyway, he's 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 the rebel. Well, no, not really. <laughs> I don't I don't like Hocus Pocus. I'm but the rebel. <laughs> he actually found these at the record store yesterday. Um, Sanderson oh. Sisters pops. Oh, and wow. so I bought all three and um, put them over. We're putting them away till October first. We're gonna bring them out for my daughter. Right on. Yeah, because right she just loves it so much. So yeah. So I wanted, to, but I wanted to bring that up because it's one of those things where I'd never seen them before, and I'm looking mm-hmm. at them. I'm like, by Halloween, those aren't going to be around. Right. So I wanted to make sure that I let the good folks uh, in uh, the audience here know that if you too are a uh, witch and Halloween fan and really dig Hocus Pocus, um, go out and see if you can find those pops, and certainly find it at your local record shop. Mm-hmm. I'm going to. I'm going to. Some good stuff. All right. Do have you do you guys get A and E up in Canada? Is that a thing? We do, we do not. I've had a couple people um the last little while. Hey, do you get A and E? They have all these wrestling documentaries on and my 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 sister emailed or texted me the other day saying that they had a kiss. A kiss uh They sure do. A, what what you call it? A kiss documentary on. You should I'm see. assuming that's what you're going to talk about. It's absolutely what we're going to talk about. So nah. you you should see though if um if you can get the A and E app on your Roku on your Roku mm-hmm. TV because um mm-hmm. through that like I created a free account on like through my cell phone then I signed in through the Roku and it lets me watch the Kiss documentary like it gives you like the last sixty days of content I think. Um, which is kind of nice because okay. it's going to always keep changing up. But dude, the wrestling documentaries, I'm like, I'm looking, I'm like, I didn't even realize there were this many people to talk about for a wrestling documentary. Like, <laughs> holy cow, the wrestling documentary. So, uh, well, yeah. see the, the thing about that between the A and E documentaries and the dark, dark side of the ring on vice, there are more people watching those than there are people watching the current wrestling product. Like, it's really weird. Kind of funny. Yeah, yeah, but it's understandable. Like, I see I see the majority of the pro wrestling product, and it's like, 
I don't want to sound like that old man. You know, when I was your age, it was so much better and all that. Well, huh, it kind of was, you know, but I'm, I don't want to get off on a tangent to hear me talking about all my wrestling tangents, you know, here on the Shining Wizards Network, you know, check, check, check out, you know, Wrestling Night in Canada where, you know, you'll hear me yapping all about that. So sorry, go on. No, it's all right. But so um, a friend of mine at work told me about the A&E kiss thing and, and I had heard about it and I was going to try and record it, but then we didn't have A&E here. Uh, we don't get it, you know, on our cable network. I'm like, ah, okay, screw it. Um, it's, you know, because at this point, Snowy, I have seen so many kiss programs and they're all the same. I was going to say, like, that's was one of the questions I was going to ask you. Did this documentary give us anything that we didn't already know? Well, that's what I was going to get to, right? So, you know, my friend at work tells me about this. She's like, oh, you know, are you watching this? I'm like, nah, we don't get it. I'm not that worried about it. And then, lo and behold, Rock, former co-host, texts me. He's like, dude, are you watching this thing on A&E? They have footage I've never seen before. Okay. So, for anyone who doesn't know, Rock... Here's his street cred as a Kiss fan. He owned the original Kiss pinball machine from the 70s. Mm -hmm. So that's the level fan that Rock is. If Rock tells me he hasn't seen the footage before, chances are I haven't seen the footage. Neither have I, yeah. And so I figure out how to get A&E. I download it on my phone. Then I get it on the Roku and I start watching this. It is the best Kiss documentary I have ever seen. They talk more candidly than they've ever talked. They really dig into the Ace and Peter years. It's Ace and Peter aren't there because Ace and Peter declined. And it's like they, there's a little disclaimer that says Ace and Peter declined to be a part of this and they do not agree with these views presented here. And I'm like, well, of course they wouldn't, you know. But the the funny thing is, like, they talk about and, and this this was I mean there's all kinds of you know footage from the early years and there's there honestly there's footage of Eric Carr that I never saw with him in the hospital. Oh wow! Um, yeah, and they they talk about you know um, I, I I would have liked to have seen a little bit more time given to the eighties, um, but you know it is what it is. But they talk about Eric Carr getting cancer and and just you know what he did like. So what I didn't realize is that when um, Eric Carr did not play for the God Gave Rock and Roll to You 2 single that they did for like Bill and Ted's, the song that ended up on the Revenge album, Mm -hmm. he was in the video and that video was like the last thing he did. He like did that and died. Mm. Wow. And here's the thing, like they said that he was so sick, but I'm like, I'm watching the footage. I'm like, he doesn't look sick at all. Like not even close. So that's a testament to just how dedicated Eric Carr was. Oh, for sure. You know, and, and I know that was like a really devastating moment because I've, I've said like, if Eric Carr hadn't passed away, I don't think there would have been a reunion show. I don't think they would have done it. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. But so the thing that I dug is, have I told you my story about um, going to see the makeup shows? Mm. like like the first two you've you've gone to a couple of them yeah oh yeah well i've I've gone to a handful but so um the first makeup show is like 96 right okay greatest thing ever it is the most amazing show i've ever seen i'm like holy cow i can't get over this is amazing it's everything i've dreamed of is four original members back 
I never, ever got to see that era of Kiss. They're doing like, you know, the 1976-ish kind of kind of playlist, like like heyday of Kiss um, set list, right? And it's mm-hmm. amazing. So then they keep riding this wave. They're like, okay, let's, let's put on a new album, Psycho Circus. I'm like, okay. Um, and at the time, I didn't like Psycho Circus. I listen to it now. I'm like, okay, you know, it's, it's a better album than I gave it credit for. But they put out Psycho Circus, and they have they really dig into, you know, kind of what they were doing in the 70s, like these comic book characters, this larger-than-life, you know, the McFarlane figures are coming out, all this stuff. And so the 98, the the Psycho Circus tour, I'm like, okay, man, I can't wait. I'm like, oh, I, I can't believe we're going to get another Kiss show. Now, mind you, um, up to this point, I've only seen two Kiss shows without my dad. Um, and he was at the, the Psycho Circus. And I've never missed a Kiss show that came through Pittsburgh, ever. Like, ever. And I see this show, and I was disappointed. I've never been disappointed in a Kiss show in my life, right? Up to that point, up to that point. And I'm like, just watching, like, I'm watching Peter and Ace. I'm like, man, they just don't have it. Like, like they're just not putting it, putting, putting out the show, you know? I'm like, Gene and Paul are still Gene and Paul. Like, like, and that's the thing. Like, I, I, I never felt cheated at a Kiss show until that one. And after that, when they were doing like the farewell show, I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not going. I don't care. And I did not see another Kiss show until the end of the road. Yeah, I was gonna say, don't, don't, don't go out like that, dude. Yeah. You know, well, that was just it. But, but I was even afraid to see the end of the road show because I did not want another repeat. And the whole reason I wouldn't see another show is because I had all these amazing memories. And I'm like, nope. I'm, I'm like one bad one. That's all I need. I don't. I don't. I don't want to know. <laughs> like, if if they've really lost it, I don't want to know. You know. Nah. And then, like I told you, like that the 2001 Tokyo Sound Soundboard tapes. I'm like, no, this is a great show. And Ace was actually still playing on that one. You know. But um, it seems like Peter was a real toxic personality. Oh, probably. You know. And and it's just interesting how how that all went on and. So, so what was nice to hear is like they really talked about what was going on at that time, um, you know, Ace and Peter, what 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 the conversations were, and you know, why one of the reasons they wanted to do the farewell tour is they're like, no, we need we need to stop this, and then Peter just left. They got Eric Singer back, and then Paul's like, oh, wait a second, no, I actually do like doing this. Let's just get rid of, you know, the rest of the dead weight, and we'll keep going. <laughs> And, and it's funny because like I'm watching all this and I'm thinking as a Kiss fan, not once did I ever have a problem with, um, Eric Singer wearing the cat makeup. And I, I think the main reason for that is because Eric Singer had been a part of Kiss before, you know, this wasn't his first time, Mm -hmm. but when Tommy Thayer put on Ace's makeup, I hated him. I, I just, I absolutely hated him. I hated him for it. I was just so angry about him. I'm like, no. And, and really, it's because I wanted to see Bruce Kulick back. Like, you know, uh-huh. that, that's, that's my uh-huh. thought. I'm like, no, bring back another Kiss guitarist. Bring back Bruce. Put Bruce in the makeup. He'll be killer, you know. And um, so, so that was tough. But, like, Tommy's the kind of guy that you can't hate. Because, I mean, one, 
he's so incredibly proud to be in Kiss, you know, and, and worked mm-hmm. so closely with the band for so many years. He really earned his spot. Um, but two, like, and I don't know if everybody knows this, but he does a lot of philanthropy. And there's a lot of times where, you know, he brings out a signature guitar and he doesn't get the proceeds. It all goes to charity. Oh, right on. Yeah. Good for like, him. So, and, and that's the thing is like, so it's like, well, how do I hate that guy? Like, what kind of asshole am I to keep hating <laughs> that guy? Yeah. You know, uh-huh. so, so they, they've won, they've won me around, but I mean, like when I saw at the end of the road tour, both times, you know, it's, it was a great kiss show. And like you see it here in Charleston, they, they did, you know, they, they changed up the set list a little bit. I'm like, Oh man, it was great. You know? So like the best part about that, any biography, if there's anybody else who was kind of like I was after that psycho circus tour, they, they talk about it. They honestly openly talk about it. I'm like, okay, good. I'm not the only wacko here, you know? So, yeah. So <laughs> if anyone's on the fans, you're like, nah, I've seen it all. Nope. You haven't. They've actually got things you've never seen, which is a miracle. Um, and it's absolutely worth your time, you know? And if, and if you're even remotely curious about kiss, you're like, ah, I could take it or leave it. Watch it. Just trust me. Watch it. It's fantastic. So, right on. Well, yeah. I'm going to. I'm going to take your advice. I'm going to sniff out because I have a Roku, and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to sniff out that app and see what I can find on it. Yeah, look, look for it, man. It, it's it's definitely going to be worth your time. Um, okay, right so then that led me to listening to the Kiss catalog in order. I ah. started with Kiss, and so this week because I, I've had a lot of work to do, and so. When, I, when I've got creative things to do, like it's best if I'm, it's, my mind is so weird. If I, if I need to be creative, I have to listen to music. If I need to do mindless, repetitive, like deep, not even mindless, but like detailed analytical work that has no creativity to it, I have to have like a movie going in the background. Like something I've seen a thousand oh, times because oh, it can't right. be something new. Like it has to be like, yeah. Like something I've seen a thousand times, but, and I don't know why it, it makes no sense. Like it just, I don't know if it's because I have to hear from familiar voices. Cause that helps like dialogue. I don't know. But anyway, yeah. it's like so, music. Yeah. Like if you're doing something, you need familiar music, not to distract you with anything new. I totally get that. Yeah. Fair. So I think I'm up to, uh, I think I made it up to revenge and, um, I, I have an idea I want to talk to you about off air. Um, okay. I won't spring you here, but, um, I was listening to a lot of these records and I'm like, man, some of these are way better than I gave them credit for. So for example, I had never listened to the elder until this year. Oh, okay. Never. And I'm like, how did I make it this far? Cause I own two or three copies of it. How have I never heard it? <laughs> I'm like, this makes no sense. But anyway, that was that that's been going on. And last but not least, just a reminder, because when this episode drops, it'll be July 9th, and um, that means that you have a week to secure your tickets to the Anthrax live stream, in case you haven't yet. So the mm, Anthrax right. live stream, 40th anniversary, is happening on July 16th. Um, so, you know, just keep that in mind. But that's all I got, man. What's going on with you? Well, myself, I did pretty good in the live streaming area myself. Last Saturday... As we speak, kind of a way to introduce this cool new release from from the uh, band Ghoul. You will you will know of Ghoul. We've had them on the show. I'll never forget interviewing Ghoul. Okay, on their bus 
in their character. Okay, and dude, know, I'm that's not so gonna... cool. <laughs> it it definitely was. It definitely was because I know these guys from their alter ego band as well, which I'm gonna kayfabe. Hey, come on, you know. So I'm not gonna get into that, but having them doing their character like put you know for radioactive metal was just that was a bucket list moment oh hell yeah man definitely that was absolutely fantastic well ghoul okay are going to be no no no, it's available now because it it, that this live stream last week kind of marked the release of it but they had a live stream it's called live in the flesh and basically what it is it was it's an older concert filmed in oakland in 2018 that they are releasing on vhs wow yeah (laughs) yeah which which i'm actually i'm still really thinking about it because okay i would never be able to play it like vhs i don't have anything to play it on but it's just a really it would be a really cool thing to have but, you know, that I can just display with all my other geek stuff and all that. So I'm, I'm glad you brought up the VHS thing, because so serious thing here, because when I was in the record store yesterday, there's a lot of cassette releases. And mm-hmm. I was under the impression that there were no more VCRs, no more cassette tape players being made at all, and that people had just kind of forgotten how to do it sort of thing. So did somebody start making, because I mean, turntables never stopped. You know, there was always people right. who wanted turntables. But so did somebody start manufacturing VCRs again? I don't think so. I don't think so. Like that's I, fascinating. It's fantastic. When I was reading, like, as I'm watching this, you know, okay, it was live on YouTube and all that. And there's a comment section where people can can interact. Yeah. And all that. And I had a lot of people saying, hey, I, I still have my... um." My DVD um, VHS machine, which wow. was both, you know, I still, you know, I still, I, I still have access to VHS because of that way. And for me personally, it's like I, you know, I just want, I just part of me just wants this. Now the thirty dollar yeah. price tag and all that is kind oh, of like a VHS tape. Yeah, oh. that's. I'm thinking twenty times um, for me personally. Well. Yeah, yeah. So I'm still kind of on the fence about that. But when that video, when that live stream commenced, Scotty from Tank Crimes Records, yeah. shout out, good folks at Tank Crimes, good friends of the show, he announced a double live ghoul album in October on vinyl and all that. And it's like, okay, you've got me with that. Sold. Instantly. For sure, for sure. I don't know right now. I should have double checked. I don't know if Ghoul Live in the Flesh, if that video is still up on YouTube or not. But I would definitely recommend it because they're an amazing live band. I caught them a couple times. Once when they came through town, like I said, when I interviewed them, they were supporting Guar. And of course, Ghoul, you know, they have the outlandish costumes and they don't mind splattering the blood and all that. It's just, it's it's a show. It's a show and a half with Ghoul. Oh, just like Warriors. As well. You know? Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. And we had the good fortune of catching Ghoul again at the Quebec Death Metal Fest a couple of years ago, which now I hear they're going to be um, announcing a when and where for the next Death Fest, probably 
next year, although I'm hoping, now I don't think it's going to make 2021, but I'm hoping 2022 and we get our butts there. So, yeah, yeah, go on YouTube, see if live in the flesh is available. I hit the record shops myself, and this was a really cool, happy accident. Okay, last episode we spoke to Marta Gabriel. Yeah. Okay, for for her Metal Queens compilation of Wicked cover songs. And, of course, that was named after Lee Aaron's Metal Queen, that classic metal album, 1984, Lee Aaron's second record. Basically, the record that put Lee Aaron on the map. They re-released that on a really cool pink vinyl and a big poster with it. And it's like, hmm, okay, I just... I just pulled the original press, the original Metal Queen from back in the day. Because you know me, I've I never thrown everything away. I've never gotten, never <clears throat> sold anything, never gotten rid of everything. So I got all my kick-ass vinyls from back then. I pulled it out of the snowy vaults. I was giving it a spin. And then I saw this was available. And I was like, ooh. Okay, now this this is a gratuitous purchase. Okay, I really didn't need it. But I don't know, man. Like I was talking about being addicted to vinyl and how it's like my new drug or or whatever. I, I just had to have this, you know, because it's got pink vinyl and a poster. And because it's got pink vinyl, Mrs. Snowy won't, well, why did you spend $30 on, on a record we already have? You know, because it's pink. she loves it. She loves it. Like, I'll, I'll have a fistful of a new stack of wax that I like to say. And we'll look at it together, and if it's got a kick-ass vinyl with a nice design, blood splatter, a different color, whatever, ooh, she gets right into it as You know well. what's nice, so, though? Yeah. Like, when you bring up the, the pink vinyl and these different colors and stuff, CDs were great for the time because, you know, mm-hmm. it was the compact disc. You could take it places you couldn't take a record. And now that that problem's been solved with digital music... It's nice to see people returning to, um, or like returning to albums because there's an art there. Like there's an art oh. to cutting the album. There's all these things that can go wrong. You know, like when you're just making mm-hmm. a digital copy of something digital, it's really not going to fuck up unless you're like a total a hole or something's really become corrupt. You know, and if I'm wrong, go ahead send us hate emails that's fine but the point is that vinyl is a craft and doing like a special color vinyl like that's cool like that's Mm -hmm. and that's what music is all about like music is a craft and and just digital has reduced it to man so much of a commodity and and not even like in a good way you know it's it's more like toilet paper for a lot of people you know, they got to have it, but it they is, really don't uh, care where they get it. Right. You know? Right. Right. I actually had a really interesting conversation with a young lady from Winnipeg here who started an OnlyFans account. Yeah. For her content, shall, shall we oh, say. And I told her. That kind of thing. Okay. I'm like, yeah, I'm like oh, yeah. what's OnlyFans? So I... Right. I heard about it. <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm so naive some well, days. I told her to go for it. You know, like. 
because but she's gotten some feedback and just the, the the initial couple days of people saying well why should i subscribe to your thing when i can just go on the internet and just get porn from there i thought about it it's like but dude you're just looking at random clips yeah okay which is nothing compared to the content these specific content okay that is putting a lot of time and energy and effort like this random smut on the on the internet is just clip someone people took and just put it up on you porn or whatever you know there's nothing to that so i equated her content with a brand new vinyl album with the with a new with a new blood splattered vinyl the the gatefold cover the liner notes the kick-ass art that is what OnlyFans is. The digital download is just that random smut clip off of YouPorn. I I really think I made that young lady's day. Well, good. I I I don't know enough about OnlyFans. Like all I know is what everybody else is saying about it. And I mean, when the general public starts talking about the way they're talking about it, they're honestly talking about it the same way they talked about metal records back in the day. You know, so. Um, I, you know, j- just based on the, the tongue in cheekness of it, I'm like, okay, I probably need to give it a, uh, like a second thought, I guess. But I still like, I, I don't think I understand what's going on. Okay. Well here, maybe the whole only fans thing and all that we have, there are some people, you know, that we have on Instagram and on Facebook that, that do this, that okay. are legit metalheads. And, you know, they have the metal image while they're doing their OnlyFans. Maybe that's someone to get on the show and talk to about and, and all this. Because we're always looking for that unique, that unique guest, oh, yeah. that unique interview. So maybe that's something to uh, think about. For sure, for sure. Now, I haven't subscribed to anyone's. Like, I know a couple of young ladies that are doing the OnlyFans. And every once in a while, because I'm not ready to see because it's my friend you know? oh yeah yeah yeah. it's, it's like kind of like my little sister in okay. a way so it's like i don't want to see your pictures i don't want to see your content yeah. but here here's 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 20 bucks put it towards your account uh, and okay you know? it's one of those things where like i support people in whatever decision they make and you know, as long as it's not a cry for help kind of thing like if this is mm-hmm. truly what you want to do then do it you know, like, I, it, yeah. you know, it, it, <laughs> if it's a cry for help, let's talk, let's go somewhere else, whatever, like have a beer, uh-huh. you know, to think about something else. But a friend of mine, his sister decided she wanted to be a stripper and oh, I've known okay. her my entire life. She's like, can you take me to work? I'm like, sure. She's like, you want to stay? I'm like, okay. Uh, it was so weird, dude. It was, so yeah, weird. I don't know. It was so, I don't weird. know. I, yeah, I I'm have not, friends yeah, that no. have little sisters, and yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, because I've known the whole family my entire life, you know. It's like, mm-hmm. I'm just like, ah. Oh. And I mean, you know, it, it honestly it ended up being a pretty good career choice for her, believe it or not. Like, you know, regardless right. of what anybody says, like, she um, she got implants, and her tips went through the roof. Um, and I did say T I P S. Thank you. I got it. Yeah. You know, for, for, for any of our perverted listeners. Uh-huh. And then, you Which know, she, all of them. 
Yeah, well, then she ended up moving down to Florida. You know, she's she's got a pretty steady boyfriend. She's been going back to school. Like, you know, like she got out of stuff that could have gone bad for her up here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I'm like, hey, you know, more power to you. I mean, let's face it. Like, if I if I could have like packed on some muscle, I would have been a male stripper. You know, like, <laughs> I like to tease Mrs. Zoe Snowy now, saying that that's what I should have been. Like now, with the dad bod and all that. <laughs> I, I so would love to have been a stripper. Like I, I couldn't even explain so much why, but just I don't know. Just no. a thing for me. Okay, then it's settled. I'm going to get a hold of this person and see if she wants to join us. Okay. That would be fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah. I mean, you know, it's it, it's one of those things where, like, I support, I, I support art. And I know people are going to argue art versus smut, right? But it's, it's one of those things where it's like, well, if this is what you want to do, you know. And then I would also like, like to to kind of go down the avenue where there has to be some creepy, creepy fans. And I'd like oh, to know is. what she does to protect herself from that. There is, you know, cause, yeah. the, cause that's going to be an element you've really got to be careful about, you know? Okay. Well, you write that question down yeah. and we'll ask her. All right. I'm up for it. I'll ask her. I don't and, see I, and I know, ex- and when I'm out and about with, with my female friends, I know exactly how to protect her from creepy friends. Yeah, it's called introducing them to the sidewalk outside. But I'm, I'm trying to figure out how I make a joke about you being the creepy friend. <laughs> no, I'm like, so, sorry, somewhere that, there's a joke in here. No, no one will buy it. No one will buy it. Sorry, man. Well, maybe I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, myself, like I said, I hit I hit the record shops as well, and I picked up an album that I probably should have had. A long time ago, okay? Lately, I've been buying a lot of these, as you've seen, as I've shared on the show and I've shared with you, I've been buying a lot of soundtrack albums on vinyl lately. And this time around, I picked up 2001 A Space Odyssey. Rock on. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, of course, the main theme is Chopin's. Also, Sprack Zarathustra, I believe. I think it's okay. Chopin or whatever. It's, it's the old classical song. Okay, that song, okay, instead of the wedding march, yeah. when Mrs. Snowy and I t- tied the knot, yeah. she walked the aisle to that song. No way! Yeah. <laughs> That's cool, man. Yeah. yeah. And s- instead of, you know, the, the wedding march, that song, to theme to 2001, which is also Ric Flair's theme song as well, the, oh, the pro goodness. wrestler. You're so funny. Yeah, yeah. So I put that on her and everything all came rushing back. And it's just like her eyes lit up and she's like, oh, that's right. This was my wedding march song. Aww. <laughs> oh, excited. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll... Since that's kind of in the public domain, that song will uh, at some point today. I'll drop. I'll drop some of that. I think that would be kind of apropos. Some other cool records I picked up. I finally, I finally grabbed a copy of the uh, the legendary Minor Threat debut EP, Salad Days. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like on 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 vinyl, and once again, that's kind of a record. I probably should have had. A long time ago, at the same time, 
I grabbed a CD copy of Spinal Tap's Break Break Like the Wind. Like I, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I bought that on cassette when it first came out, like, years ago. Okay, and I have seen in one of the shops, I have seen the picture disc of that. Really? Like, 50 bucks. And I'm like, ugh. So maybe, maybe the the CD will hold me over until I'm ready to make another gratuitous vinyl purchase, you know, and I think maybe that might be it, you know, the same time I grabbed Accept's first album, Midnight Mover on vinyl and Rush's moving pictures. Nice. Yeah. Like this is obviously an album I've had for years on, on cassette. Okay. The funny thing about that. Okay. While, okay, right now, as we speak, are you familiar with the uh, the American sitcom, the the Goldbergs? Does that um, ring a bell? So I am aware of it. I don't know if I've actually ever watched it. Okay, well, but it's I'm basically, it. okay, well, it's basically about the life of this teenage boy in, in Philadelphia, all during the 80s. They always make it not quite clear as to, you know, it's 1980-something. Right. And they have little clever ways of hiding which 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 year it is. That way they can span the whole decade of pop culture as it affects this kid's life. The really week that, it, Oh, it's, it's absolutely fantastic. I'm binging it a second time and all that. And I think they're still making new episodes to it. Well... This week, the same week that I bought Moving Pictures on vinyl, the song Tom Sawyer, Rush, and that whole album and all that played into one of their episodes. Like, it was just a wicked, the, like, the music god said, hey, I'm going to give you a wicked coincidence here, Snowy. And, <laughs> and it played in this record you just bought. Okay, this episode is that you're going to see tonight is all about... Is is all about Rush, particularly this album and all that, and it's like, oh, That's cool. okay, I like the way that works. Yeah, yeah. A couple, about a week into my binge, the main character and his brother were talking about as well how they were going to be these huge rock stars, okay, and it's just them with a drum kit and a guitar in their garage, and they were going to become these huge rock stars by pretending they're twisted sister. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. So, so not only did we have the Rush episode, but I had the Twisted Sister episode on this as well. I'm I'm uh I'm binging it through the Crave app right right now. And it's just ah, if you if you it's kind of like the Wonder Years, okay, mixed with that 70s show if it was based in the 80s. That's kind of that's kind of what the Goldbergs is. Okay. So, and I'm speaking sure. of '80s like sitcom kind of shows, have you heard about Physical on Apple TV? Mm, mm. I just I just saw something on Facebook. What's up with that? Okay, it's so, obviously Olivia Newton John. Well, it's not Olivia Newton John. It's it's a play towards that, and well, I mean, right. I guess it is, but they're talking about the uh, fitness craze, like the the aerobics craze. Of right. the um of the seventies, right or the eighties rather, right? Because I mean, when you think about the eighties, leotards, leg warmers, big poofy hair, like that's the eighties, uh, right? 
Flashdance. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like that, that's everything about the eighties. And so the story, and I apologize if it's, if this is spoilers for anybody, but the gist is this lady, you know, it's like 1980, 1981. Um, her husband is a political history professor at a, a college in San Diego. Um, they have a little girl who's probably four, right? So figure she's born like late 70s kind of thing. And, you know, they were in college. They were hippies protesting stuff. And he's like, you know, I need to get into politics. And so he's trying to get into it. But so it's a dark comedy. So there's things that are funny. There's things that are historical. And being that it's a dark comedy, they, uh, man, they're they're dealing with stuff that I knew about, but nobody really talks about. So, okay. Did you know I'm, anybody? I'm sold. I'm sold. I'm going to check this out. Well, it's, dude, it's really good. But so did you know anybody during the 80s that got like sucked into like the diet craze? Like this is when Diet Coke came out, when everything fat free came out. That was like every girl. Okay. Much. Well, at least all, all the preppy girls. But not just the girls. I'm talking about the parents. Mm, not really, but sorry, go on. Well, it, it's one of those things that uh, it's it's making me see things differently. And I mean, like even my own mom, like I remember when my mom got like sucked into like the sweat into the oldies kind of stuff and, you know, the mm. videotapes at home and but like everything was fat free. And, you know, now it's margarine instead of butter and just all these things that have since been proven to be bad for you, you know, uh -huh. um, but it's, I forgot about all the eating disorders. Oh. Like, like, and I mean, and the funny part is like, I can't believe I forgot about it because my, I mean, my own sister is bulimic, you know? Okay. And, um, I mean, she's, she's been doing so much better, but her body is horrible because of it. And that's a whole nother story. But then there is, there are quite a few girls that I knew that were bulimic. And so like this housewife, she, she's, you know, she honestly, she looks great, right? Um, and that's kind of the point. But she's like looking at herself in the mirror. She's like, you fat cow. And just like like that that terrible internal self-talk. I'm like, oh my God, like I forgot about this. Like I knew girls like this, you know? And I remember mm -hmm. hearing adults, you know, when they didn't think anybody was around saying these kind of things. I'm like, oh. So it's it's very dark. It's really good though. Like it, it's, you're... You're not going to get a warm, fuzzy feeling from watching it, but it's damn good, you know? Right on. I'm going to check that out. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Today, today as we speak, is July 3rd. The events of the classic film Return of the Living Dead happened on July 3rd, 1984. Okay. I feel like we so, should have been doing a bigger celebration. <laughs> Well, well, yeah, it should be a holiday. Every July, okay, now here in Canada, you have July 1st is a holiday. July 4th, tomorrow, is a holiday for you guys. I guess you'll have Monday off. Yes. So yeah, um, July 3rd, just for anyone in general, or late, oh no, for punk rock and horror fans, July 3rd should be a holiday with pay from your work and all that. Just because of the awesomeness 
that is Return of the Living Dead, one of the most awesome horror, horror films of all time. I've already said to Mrs. Snowy a little later tonight, you know, as our evening's dining down, dying down, we're going to slap this movie on, and she was all for it. Right before you and I sat down and pressed record, I had the soundtrack to Return of the Living Dead cranked in the living room. And this is another, this was one of those gratuitous purchases. You might recall me mentioning it earlier in this year. I've had this soundtrack, the original vinyl from, you know, from 1985. Okay. I've since bought it on cassette. I bought it on CD, and earlier this year, I found the brand new blood splattered vinyl re-release. I do remember of it. this conversation. Yeah. Yeah, and the whole time, as I'm going home, I'm like, okay, like Mrs. Snowy's gonna be like, why you have that? Why, like, why did you drop forty dollars on that? Until you know, I opened it up, and she saw it right away, and just totally fell in love with the vinyl and all that. So I got to start giving her a little more credit. You know. Have a, have a little more faith in her. So there's have our homework faith. for our listeners. Yeah. There's, it's, of course, this 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 will be a week after you hear this, but um, our homework for our listeners, give Return of the Living Dead either, you know, the soundtrack or the movie a uh, spin. Let's get to some tunes here. A really cool record came across my desk. The brand new Witch Vomit. <laughs> abhorrent ab- abhorrent rapture what, what a great name <laughs> it's a fantastic what name a great name <laughs> it, it is it is yeah yeah and as you'll recall last album the last time we played witch vomit with their previous record i remember saying on the show you know what i've seen witch vomit in person you know there are times just over the years like mrs snowy who's wiccan and all that she has gotten ill to the point where she's vomiting. Oh, that's awful. And it's like, well, I can't even believe that, we're that's... having this conversation right now. <laughs> so I can honestly say that I've seen, I've seen witch vomit live. You are the worst. <laughs> you are the worst. Okay. I mean, now it's I funny as wait. hell, but you're still the worst. <laughs> I, can't, I can't wait to see the band live, especially some of these wicked tracks from the new record abhorrent rapture this is witch vomit
That was the mighty ghoul with their latest single, Nazi Smasher. We're available now. By all means, you're going to have to maybe do a search for that. Maybe go on to YouTube. Hopefully that video, that live stream video is still there. Live in the flesh on VHS. Like I said, dude, I'm kind of still on the fence about it. But mm -hmm. the more you and I talk about it and the more I think about it, uh, I think I'm going to take the plunge. I, I, yeah. Is there? Do you get a dig digital copy with it at least? Uh, that's that's one of the things that, that Mrs. Snowy asked. She's like, I imagine you'll still be able to see it. You'll still be able to watch it. I, you know. So I'm hoping the VHS is so obscure. I would hope that they'd be like, okay, let's let's get a let, let, let's get a VHS copy here, or let's get a digital copy rather for this. Right. Right. At least, at least, or at least keep the YouTube clip up. Yeah, something. But but that double live album is a foregone conclusion for sure. For sure. We're definitely going to grab that. Dude, this week, another one off the old interview bucket list. I have been a fan of the mighty Witch Cross. For about as long as I've discovered metal, you know, back in 1984, I was like a young, I was a, I was a young snowy, about 13 years old, discovering metal for the first time. Well, no, I shouldn't say that. Fan of Van Halen, fan of Def Leppard and the Runaways and Rush and all that. I kind of sort of had a grip on more aggressive music, but it wasn't until like 1984 when I really discovered it. Jumped headlong into metal, hardcore, punk, and all that. One of those bands was Denmark's Witch Cross, their album Fit for Fight. Of course, I've made no bones about this record. Just a couple episodes ago, we played the title track from the new album, Angel of Death. A couple episodes before that um, was my 50th anniversary special. Shall we say? 50th anniversary and, special. Well, okay. Yeah, my 50th birthday <laughs> No, I like 50th anniversary. That's, that's way better. That's, well, that's so much funnier. Well, if she hasn't killed me by then, you know, I one day we will be celebrating our 50th. Well, anyways, we played the song Night Flight to Tokyo on, on, that, on that special yeah. episode. So when we had a chance... To talk to guitarist and basically the main man who put Witch Cross together, Mr. Michael Koch, um, I jumped all over it. Jumped all over it because, like I said, this is going to be a bucket list interview. Because it's, it's just one of those chats. It's like, well, what do I say? Well, there's this. I want to know this. I want to know this. How about this? Well, we got to talk about the new record today, too. You know, I can't be totally selfish and all that. But I think we ended up with just about one of the coolest chats that I'm ever going to have. Like I said, a, a total bucket list. To get us to our chat with Mr. Koch, let's drop a track once again from said Witch Cross album, Angel of Death. Let's go what I believe to be the first single this is a phoenix fire from the mighty witch cross
First and foremost, I guess what you want to ju jump, jump into right away is your latest record, Angel of Death, dropped earlier this month. I imagine you're uh, pretty excited about it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, obviously this whole situation has, has put a damper on everything, you know. But uh, just the fact that we managed to, to pull everything together and, and get, a, get a new album out, which we really needed to do. Because there has been a quite a big big gap uh, to, to the previous album, and um, and we 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 are really happy. We thought things that would would open up a bit more in Europe, but it hasn't, unfortunately. So um, so that's the downside of things. But we're really pleased with the album, and uh, and it needed to come out basically. So um, so we couldn't hold it back anymore, and 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 I think the the response has has been immense, you know, and and uh, a lot of people have have really picked up on it and 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 praised it, which is is very great for us, obviously. Right on, right on, for sure, for sure. I have I have given it a spin, and I am enjoying it for sure. Um, it was released uh, courtesy of the good folks at High Roller. How did you uh, hook up with them? Well, um, High Rollers, they, uh, I think they approached us with something. Um, to be honest, I can't remember. Uh, the, the Fit for Fight album from, from, the, from the mid 80s have sort of been, been out on, on the various labels. Mm -hmm. And um, and uh, in about I think it was 2011 something like that, uh, an American label called Hell's Head Bangers, which you probably know, mm -hmm. they well, they, yes. uh, they uh, reissued that uh, alongside with a compilation with all the old demos and and so on, and th so they ended up being our label for the for the previous album. And then uh, it became more and more difficult to ship stuff from America to Europe. And we could see that people were struggling getting the album in Europe. So then we, we talked with the High Rollers Records about re-releasing uh, the Fit for Fight album. Mm -hmm. um, and also they wanted to do a compilation album. Uh, and we, we found some tracks that hadn't been released before. So. Uh, so that was a, a thing to bring it, bring it to Europe, and then uh, they, they did uh, they did a quite sort of close to original version of of the of, of the Fit for Fight album actually. Uh, but so the, so so when we when we were looking for new labels, we we, we went to them, and and uh, and I think they're actually going to re-release uh, Axe to Grind as well in Europe. So so oh, right on, right on. Are we going to see um, some sweet vinyl re-releases like I saw with Angel of Death? You got three or four different vinyl versions, and some of them were like, wow, I, I need a couple copies of these. I guess you're liking that idea, too. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I'm, a, I'm, 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 I'm a vinyl guy myself. So, um, so that was one thing that really... Uh, appealed to us when when we went with high rolls they really want to do that whole vinyl thing they uh, whenever they whenever they uh, do new sort of pressings they always change them up a little bit you know mm -hmm. so um 
and and there's, there's some really really interesting versions of of this as well. You know, splatter splatter one and deep purple color and uh, and so on. So um, yeah, so it's it's uh, it's purely CD and vinyl. This is uh, this new album. Right on, right on, for sure, for sure. Like you had mentioned, it had been 2013 since your Axe to Grind record. Um, going into this one, did you f feel any pressure, any artistic pressure, maybe? Like, it's been a while, like, this is, we have to produce the record of our career. Yeah, we, 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 um, we're not sort of, Heading on it, you know, saving us, you know, from from you know extinction, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But so so I think we we sort of took the pressure off a little bit and just concentrated on 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 doing the best we could uh, with this album. Whereas the, the previous one, I think we 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 felt more that it had to be a Witch Cross album. Which this one is as well, but this was this was purely an album that suited everybody in the band, you know. Mm -hmm. So whereas the previous one was um, was uh, more sort of uh, it was linked in a, a bit more to the to the past than this one is. I think this one is an album we wanted to write an album that we we, we would listen to ourselves. Um, I'm not saying we, we were not happy with the previous one because I listened to it the other day and I was quite surprised of the quality of the work there. Mm -hmm. um, but we did feel more pressurized on the previous album than this one. This one was more like let's just do, let's expand our thing a little bit, do uh, experiment a little bit more. Uh, I, I, I'm sure people can appreciate that some of the songs, if you're listening to them and then you wouldn't necessarily think oh that's that's the same band as uh, that released that album in the in in the eight, 84 which incidentally is it's not actually it's a different band but it's, it's me and the bass player you know and and a few new new members so mm. so to speak so so yeah obviously it's not it's not an original band anymore but um we sort of linked into that, and uh, it's sort of ingrained in the in the band because we keep playing the old songs as well, live. Mm -hmm. So, so we 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 all sort of know where where we're coming from and and what is needed, you know. So, but but uh, um, because we had quite quite some good live shows, uh, and that sort of dictated this new album. We sort of knew what people like to hear when when we were playing, and so we we just sort of said you know if you're a diehard fan and you only want to listen to the 84 album that's fine you know but we need to we we, we need to do something else you know so so yeah absolutely mm. no, no pressure no pressure on this one yeah <laughs> right on right on right on with that 2013 album axe to grind why um why the comeback then like at that moment in time it was it was um, it, it was a fluke or whatever you want to call it. Um, a lot of things just came together, and I don't think we sort of uh, when we first got approached to play one live show, reunion show, mm -hmm. um, and I it was 
during an interview uh, with this guy um, from Snake Pit Magazine in in, uh, in France, and he was linked in with with a record label that was re releasing the the big compilation that we did, Hell's Headbangers. Mm -hmm. So so that interview is actually in the box set, and and he just finished his round of interviews with me saying would you be interested in playing in front of 2,000 people at a gig in Germany and uh, you probably don't know me that well but I'm, I'm the guy saying somebody do you want to play live I always say yes I don't need to ask anybody else <laughs> I just say yes I'll make that thing work I know. so that was what it was I said yes and then I, then I called the rest of the band the original band then we had a chat about it and then people said yeah I, I, I can do that I can't do that and then and so what what happened was it, we were three original members and then uh, two new members and uh, mm -hmm. and yeah and it, it just grew from there really and uh, and doing that show and then having a re-release of the old stuff meant that we could actually sort of uh, build, build from that um, if we haven't had, had the record label behind us so so on I don't I don't think we'll, we'll be talking today you know to mm -hmm. be honest but it, it just fell into place mm -hmm. which was great and the, and, the, and, the, and the feedback from from people that came to the show was fantastic and um, and we then we, we we landed a few more gigs the same year and then we just we just really pushed hard to get the to get a new album out the year after, and then then we just carried on playing playing gigs around Europe, uh, and and even played in, in the UK as well. So um, so in that sense, yeah, it, it yeah it just it just worked out for us. Um, and then uh, when we sort of finished all this this live work, then we decided we needed to do a new album, and then. A few things pushed pushed it back, and but then, um, uh, yeah. We, so we ended up with with uh, writing a lot of songs in in the meantime, and then changing them around and saying no, we that's too much old school. That's too much. We need to we need to move away from that a bit. And then eventually we had a, a, a selection of songs that really made sense. We had a. a when you write an album, you have two or three key songs, and they they sort of they sort of uh, determine what the album's going to sound like, basically. Uh, otherwise, it would just be a, a mishmash of stuff. So, so once we had the core songs, and then we we, we could work really constructively on on finishing the album. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. So. Right on, right on. This is um, record number two with vocalist Kevin Moore replacing Alex Savage from way back in the day. Um, what was how do who who where who is Kevin Moore? <laughs> how did you find this gentleman? Well, I mean, what 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 happened was um, uh. When this uh, reunion thing came on, I, I I spoke to Alex, the original singer, and he said to me, "Yeah, I'll I'll be happy to do it, but only if you if you can't find anybody else." Uh, and I sort of knew 
to be we are really good friends me and alex uh so um so we we, we can talk about this stuff and i said to him well i mean uh, you know to be fair you know maybe, maybe we should just do somebody else if you're all right with that and he was happy you know mm-hmm. he was actually at, at, at our, our our very first and last rehearsal before the keep it true show he was there taking pictures of us and hanging out you know so there's no um, no hard feelings there uh, we, you know he's been on stage with us since you know mm-hmm. but that uh, he, he I mean musically he's in different place he, he plays a lot of folk music now and uh, he's also a, a sort of a, a radio DJ on, on national radio in Denmark oh nice so he, so he, he, he was he's He's in, a, you know, he's in a different place basically. So he he said that people love to do it, but it, it wasn't really a, a big desire for him to do, you know. Mm-hmm. But he he's really happy for for us to to have carried on the band in the way we've done, and very supportive. Mm-hmm. So um, so that uh, and Kev was uh, he was a friend of mine. I played with him in in other bands, um, in in England when we, where where I live. So. Um, and I always like him on stage. He's a very professional guy on stage. You know, you can trust him, which is very important, mm-hmm. especially when you have a band like Witchcross, where we don't we don't rehearse a lot. We don't. You just go out and you do your thing, and you need somebody there that that don't oh what, what's going on. You know, he he he's 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 amazing on stage. He's also a bass player. You know. Which is a, it's a bit it's a bit weird for him not playing the bass uh, with which cross but yeah ah, there you go I could I could just see him on stage like trying to do something with his hands and he doesn't he have anything in, it. Have something in his hand I can tell you that but uh, I think he, he he's come he come to ter- he's come to terms with it I mean all the other bands I play with him he's a bass player you know so right bass player, so yeah <laughs> yeah 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 if you kind of like you've been around like since 1984 and like even before that with with your demos and all that if you could send yourself some mystical magical email like to give yourself your young self some advice from now what would you tell yourself I would probably say don't don't break up the band (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, I, I, I would say in hindsight, I think, I think, um, I would have loved if we have done another album, whether it would have done good or bad. You know, we we got offered a deal, but the management said that's not a it's not a great deal. But to be odd, to be fair, for us, it would have been really good. You know, to have done mm-hmm. another album, we had the songs written, um, and we could just have gone in and recorded it, and it would have. It would really have, have been a different scenario for us. Then, we, we, it might even have meant that we, we would would have been able to carry on um, as a band. Uh, because after Witchcross, uh, me and the singer Alex, we were we were we were putting another band together. But it took us uh, another five years because before we got an album released. So. And that's a long time when you're that age, you know. So, mm-hmm. so, and that's when you need to. You really need to put out albums. So, mm-hmm. so, so that's if if I could send myself an email saying, 
don't ever spread off the band. Just keep it going. <laughs> keep you know? going. Yeah, yeah. Back oh, to the management and then tell them to fuck off. You know, <laughs> you know yeah. do with a goddamn album. That's you know? right. That's yeah, right. I yeah. would have absolutely would have loved a uh, a second witch cross back in the back in the eighties. Um, today, as we speak. Okay, and this will be out yeah, about a week from now when people are first hearing this. It is Canada Day. Yeah. Are you familiar with our country at all? Have you played here at all? I played in a lot of places in Canada. I was uh, I was part of a, a band that toured America and Canada, which is very, it's very different to, to Witch Cross. It was... Uh, a very famous Scottish band. They were dressed in tartan, and um, and the singer from that band okay. was going out um, as uh, as Les McEwen, who is uh, from the Basie Derellers. And uh, I was a guitar player with him for many years. Uh-huh. And we toured America and Canada. And we did, we, did, we played some shows at the casinos, etc. Uh-huh. So yeah, I've been to Canada uh, a couple of times. And it, it's always been great. Um, and also, I got um, got relatives from Canada. Um, my my brother-in-law is Canadian. Uh, mm. So yeah, right on. So I, have a, I have a little bit of connection to your country, and I met a lot of Canadians through my family and and uh, also through my work. So yeah, right, right on, right on. Well, hopefully, so you know. Happy Canada Day to everybody. Well, thank you. We appreciate yeah. that. All the Witchcross fans in Canada are. Yeah. Are so stoked to hear that. Thank you. Yeah, hopefully, yeah. <laughs> I, I was I was talking to um, to another Canadian actually the, the other day, and I just I just remembered that we were out on on a record label called Attic Records in Canada, mm-hmm. yeah, in the in, in the eighties, and um, and the funny thing is I I didn't meet him when I was I was out promoting a, another band with a with a female singer in um, in the early two thousand or two thousand and seven eight or something and we met him at a, at a, at a music fair in in germany and i, I mean also remember you released this album he's like yeah i think so you know <laughs> and it was quite funny to meet him you know i mean he, he's been quite successful obviously i think he did uh some 41 and and more punk bands and stuff like that. so yeah okay. but it, it was not it was actually nice meeting him in person you know because I think it was the only, only, um, uh, only label that released the Witch Claws on um, on cassette. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, 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 in my in my in my box somewhere, I got a Canadian uh, cassette of uh, Witch Claws Fit for Fun. Right, on, right, yeah. So yeah. do I. So do I. Do you have it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got it kicking around. Wicked. <laughs> yeah. After all these years, I'm just that guy that. Now, just people would probably call it like hoarding, you know. But I just, I just never threw anything away, or I never sold it. I never got rid of it. Whatever it is, but it's good, you know. I mean, it's probably worth a bit of money now. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure. But I could never part with it. (laughs) Never part with it. it. Yeah, yeah. And this is a good way to kind of wrap this up. Just, I personally. I um, want to ask you about easily if I was to write a list of my top ten favorite songs of all time. Yeah, Night Flight to Tokyo. 
would definitely be on that list. I first heard it when Fit for Fight first came out. What do you recall about recording that song? Um, I mean, the Night Flight to Tokyo, that's, uh, that's the opening track on, on, um, on Fit for Fight. Um, it was written by myself and Alex, and I think uh, Cole, the other guitar player, wrote the, the, the middle section for, with the solo. So um, uh, the song was written uh, in, in a back, it, it's sort of unusual way because we had the lyrics first for the song, and then we wrote the, the guitar part. And um, and back then you didn't have home recording studios or anything, so it's just me with a guitar going through the, the little riffs and then bringing it into the rehearsal room and saying, like, "Come on, everybody, just learn this song." And and the, the, so the lyrics were written prior to the to the actual music, which was which is quite an unusual way to work for us actually, but it it just seemed to work really well. Mm-hmm. that song and then so it, it was one of those songs it just came came um, came together really quickly and uh, and uh, and as, as i said we just needed a middle section where this the solo and i think cole came up with the idea just do a key change there and then so and and it's also the song that we we mostly open our set with now right on. <laughs> and we did we we also did it back then you know in in the 80s so mm-hmm Mm-hmm. And right at the beginning of the song, right at the beginning of the record, you have a recording of a Japanese lady. What um, what's the story behind that, and what is she saying translated to English? Yeah, she say moshi moshi watashio, and uh, basically, I I I came up with this idea. We 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 got to get some some Japanese woman on on this one. So I called the Japanese embassy in Denmark <laughs> and, uh, and persuaded this lady to, to say something. And she was quite shy. And, and also, I think she didn't know whether it was right or wrong to do this. But uh, I kept asking, can you just say something in, in Japanese? You know, like, I'll, I'm, I mean, if you listen to the lyrics, you probably wanted it to be a bit more saucy. But I think she just said, like, uh, hello, hello, I'm looking forward to seeing you. That's what she's saying, or, 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 or yeah, something in that in that style. Well, that uh, works. And, yeah, it works. And and I have my little uh, cassette recorder, you know, and I put the, the the telephone down and then recorded it, and you can actually hear it on the. It, it sounds quite funny, you know. <laughs> you can hear the the machine going round in there with this with the sound, but we we used it anyway. It was a long distance call to Japan, you know. To say like, yeah, come and see me, and then, then the song kicks in. So that's what it's about, you know.
a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. But when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. Check us out. Head over to ShiningWizards.com, where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling.
That was the mighty Exorcist from their classic Nightmare Theater record. This is one of the most unique bands. Okay, like, okay, Exorcist. Okay, I don't know if you remember them and how big they were in the U.S., but their one and only album, you know, Nightmare Theater, dropped here in Canada with Cobra Records, the same band, the same label that discovered uh, Piledriver. Okay, as it turns out, though, Exorcist really weren't like a real band. It was basically the members of Virgin Steel, you know, during some downtime kind of made a more thrashier record. And, you know, they made this really corny zombie cover and all that. And they created this band that basically went down in history. Like for years, nobody knew anything about Exorcist. It's like, who is this band? I hear it's this. The rumor is this. It's that. It's that. Like, who? who is it? No one really knew until much later when the dudes from Furs and Steel kind of came out and, yeah, it was us. Which then I'm disappointed. It's like, dude, kayfabe, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, come on. Come on. Like, come on. Like, ah, ah, ah. So I couldn't, help re- I couldn't help but play Riding to Hell from the aforementioned Nightmare Theater record because High Roller Records, which is handling the new Witch Cross album as well, they put out, and I need this, dude. Help me. I got a problem. Okay, hold me back. Hold me back. <laughs> okay, because High Roller put out this wicked new um, package for the Nightmare Theater. It's really cool vinyl and liner notes. And, you know, I think the whole explanation behind all of this so that was really cool and before that as we touched upon in the interview from witch crosses 2013 kind of their comeback album axe to grind that was demon in the mirror and i always thought like as we talked about in the interview i always thought like witch cross okay being a fan of theirs from like 1984 and like they have their sound kind of like the new wave of british heavy metal traditional metal type yeah. influence for them to put out an album on hell's headbangers that's known for their brutal death and grindcore and black metal and just all that ribald stuff like they kind of stuck out like a thor sore thumb but i loved it like if this was fantastic it's like oh oh the hell's headbanger guys are putting out like this band that introduced me to metal like oh this is absolutely fantastic so yeah make sure while you are grabbing a copy of witch cross's new record angel of death go on to hell's headbangers and grab their axe to grind record as well and of course thank you everyone for making that bucket list interview happened for radioactive metal this week it is really appreciated okay i'm done fanboying (laughs) (laughs) but are we ever really done we are never we are never dude like i've said on this show if when this is no longer fun okay then i'm gonna quit you know what i mean like i'm just not gonna do this show anymore when you know, you're on your own then when this when this is no longer fun. But like I said, Radioactive Metal, I'm going to do all the way up to the last breath 
in my body. Earlier this episode, we were already kind of making some bad jokes about it being hot up here right <laughs> now. It's probably it's probably like 37 okay, degrees Celsius right so, now. Now, which that's... here's the first time that I can actually um, help anybody here, right? So, 37 Celsius, it's a Canadian thing. For the Americans, think yeah, back. Uh, exactly, right? But, but think <laughs> back to Schoolhouse Rock. And when they were talking about ah. the temperatures, 37 means you're normal. That means it's like 98.6 degrees. Yeah, I imagine that's Roughly, pretty hot right? for you guys too. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah, you guys are close to 100 degrees Fahrenheit, right? So it's it's pretty damn hot, <clears throat> 98. So that's that's a lot. So, but that's the first time, like, oh my goodness, we actually have a reference where where I can understand what's going on here. Thanks to Schoolhouse yeah. Rock, like Schoolhouse Rock <laughs> is one of the most valuable programs on television ever. I don't care what anybody. Well, says. for sure. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? Thank you, dude, because when I woke up this morning and all that, okay, we're going to be doing the show, I never thought we were going to get a Schoolhouse Rock reference. Oh, <laughs> I will always make a Schoolhouse Rock reference any, anytime I can. Right on. Like right Interplanet Janet, she's a galaxy girl. <laughs> well, the whole idea is we're just not two boring guys that can't talk about anything but the weather. Is because it's getting a little extra hot up here in Canada with everything going on up here, and um, then it's 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 in a roundabout way it kind of comes about because you'll recall, and we've made reference to this in our True Cavalt reads and the products that they make when they talk about hotter than a church in Norway. Yeah. Okay, making reference to all that black metal silliness and all that, and which that's like that's a dark mark for for metal that oh, I yeah. really don't like talking. I don't like talking about that to normies and all that. You know, but should, if you're should, talk like about that, it, if, joke about it, you know. At least, at least for sure, for sure, I totally get that. That that's all the great merch over at TrueCovaltCoffee.com. Recently. Okay, and if this has been the topic of conversation nationwide for about a month now here in Canada, was the discovery of mass graves from what up here is known as residential schools, okay, where um, Indigenous children, First, First Nations, Native girls and all that, Native girls and boys, they were all... There's a period in Canada's history where the Canadian government and the Catholic Church were basically taking Indigenous children from their parents, from their families, from their culture, putting them into these schools to try to un-Indigenous un them, to try to teach them the error of their savage ways, you know, and make them good Canadians, and unfortunately, throughout all of this, there was a lot of abuse, there was a lot of neglect, and a lot of Indigenous children had died and were just buried in mass graves. Recently, one of these graves was uncovered in Kamloops, B.C. That got the whole country talking. And that was the Dude. first one. There was like 175, right? 
That was that. That was just the first one. Yeah, that was now, the tip of the iceberg. <clears throat> the last for the last couple months now, maybe the last month, more and more, even one here in Manitoba, just outside of Brandon, the second largest city outside of Winnipeg. Okay, they there was a there 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 was a residential school that they had their share of uh, children buried in a mass grave. The result. Of this, okay, people are, are rather pissed, okay, and they're kind of striking out in their own ways about it. And on the on the First Nations reservations and nearby and all that, various churches, mostly in BC, Catholic churches, have been burnt, burnt down in response to this. Okay, and even now, here in Winnipeg, unfortunately, on like on July 1st, Canada Day, a lot of people here in the city and across Canada let their pleasure, their, 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 you know, their ideas be known and their displeasure about it by taking to the street and having a march. Unfortunately, just due to the, due to the pandemic, and I was doing this interview with witch cross and all that, I unfortunately wasn't able to make this march, which ended up on the legislative buildings, basically, like, I guess an American version would be the Capitol building. Okay. They ended up on the legislative grounds for a rally, which ended with a, uh, with a statue of the queen being pulled down which and basically vandalized. You know what? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I never gave it any attention because I have don't really have much respect for it to begin with. And it it just it just kind of harkened me back to you know what was what was going on like in the U.S. with like statues of of Robert E. Lee being taken down. Well, this is what I want to say. Like I feel like this is the first time Canada's really put the America in North America. Like this is the most American <laughs> you guys have been. I'm I thanks for catching up. You know, it's, <laughs> right. it's, it's nice to take take the media attention off of us for a change. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We're kind of, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I totally get that. I totally get that. And anyways, the whole reason why we're, we're talking about this is, once again, it equates to, you know, we had the hottest church in Norway, the hottest, like, hot, as hot as a church in Norway. Well... Where it's as hot as a church in Canada now, it appears. So it's like, whoa, whoa, history is repeating itself. But this time, it's for a reason. There is a message. There is an idea behind it. While the church burnings in Norway was just a bunch of drugged out black meddlers that really yeah. thought they were just being cool. There is rhyme and reason for this. For this. So... There might be, but I can't condone it. Still, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, I. Because burning a church today doesn't change what happened a hundred years ago. It, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. It, it might give you an outlet for like a quick ten seconds, but then, and I mean, so so far, I haven't heard of anybody being hurt in these fires. But what if there's an innocent person inside? Oh, that's just it, too. You know, like, like. Most people that are setting fire to a church out of 
blind rage, which is essentially what's going on. And again, I'm not saying, oh, you need to relax. No, you don't need to relax. Like it needs the story needs to be told. It needs to be talked about. It needs to be discussed and it needs to be rectified. But running out and setting fire to a church is not necessarily the best answer, you know, and you know, I'll I'll say that about a lot of things. I mean that that's why you know like, uh, yeah. But anyway, I, I digress. Keep going. Oh no, I like I I like what was done. I like the idea of everyone getting together. And I you know I'm sorry, excuse my ignorance, but the color orange is very significant in this. Everyone wore orange T-shirts during this during this march. And you know, let let their displeasure be known that that way. That that I'm all for. Yes, I wasn't able to make this one, but I've marched in pride in the pride parades. I've marched in. Um, you remember Occupy? Oh God, was that about ten years ago now? Yeah, the whole it's been o- a minute, o- but yeah. Occupy. Yeah, I marched on those, and I marched on uh, something we called uh, the Slut Walk. What the slut walk was, was a local a local Manitoba politician addressed um, female sexual assault. Oh, I remember that by, one. Yes. Yeah. I, I yeah, remember talking when, about that on the show. When this dumbass said, well, maybe w- w- women wouldn't be assaulted if they didn't dress like sluts all the time. Holy fuck. Needless to say, like, Miss Little Snowy, like, who's the ultimate feminist and she gets that from me and i'm very proud of that she went ballistic she went totally ballistic and we ended up myself mrs snowy and little snowy we all did what was called the slut walk in protest of this dumbass please tell me you went braless tank top (laughs) right don't give me ideas now that i'll regret Come on, that's kind of funny. I should I should have dressed in a skimpy outfit. Yeah, you really should have, like just like a bikini, <clears throat> and walked in it, and be like slut shame me, you know, like slut written across yeah, your I, belly I, or something. I, I that would be great. That's right. So, can we talk about the founding of Canada? Because you know, other than the fact that it's America's hat, um, and you guys have maple syrup and moose. Uh, you know, I, I am not as versed in Canada as you are in America, but Canada doesn't make the news, you know. So right. um, the the general consensus down here is that when people started coming to the New World, you know, um, what's now the United States, they were escaping um, religious oppression. Right. Right. And is that the same thing that was happening in Canada or was Canada more an expanding of the territory kind of thing? Um, yeah, you know what? I see that's, that's tough because it was the same idea with Canada was, you know, to expand the colonies, you know, away from England and all that, but we still remain part of the Commonwealth. That's why we still have dopey ideas like a queen and, and shit like that. So wait a second. Is there a Queen of Canada today? Or are you uh, well, talking no, the British it's, Queen? It's it's the yeah, it's the British Queen. Like I'm we so... don't have a Queen here in okay. Canada. But are you but, guys yeah. like still technically still technically under British rule or are you your own thing? Yeah, we're all we're part of the Commonwealth, yes. Really? 
Rich, yeah, but I, well, wow. I'm not personally. I'm not. I remember. <laughs> I, I I I remember when the Queen the the Queen oh, died geez. the same day that the 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 bit the British political grindcore band Doom played here in yeah. here in Winnipeg the same day the Queen died. You know. Okay. And it's like we had a field day with that. Holy shit! I remember like Doom had put a big banner up behind them saying "Ding dong, the witch is dead." You know, and that was part. Our longtime listeners will remember that conversation that I had with them about about all of this silliness and all that. So that's what I will always remember about the Queen is that moment. Because I I always struggle, and I ask because I always find it funny when and you know, like like here in America, we're found under religious freedom, but then we try to stamp out certain religions you know, in certain beliefs, uh, it's like, well, no, yeah. we got religious it's, freedom. Like as and, long as it's our religion. Well, and, and, but, but right there is why we're in trouble today everywhere. Uh, like everybody is fine with freedom of speech as long as it's their speech. Their speech. But as soon as, right. as soon as that speech disagrees with how they feel, uh-huh. then they need to cancel that person. They need to shut them up. And that's not how this works. And so, Oh God, dude! Like, like knowing that the Catholic Church was in on this indigenous thing is like, wh- like what, what possesses you to tear anybody from their parents for their own good if they are not being abused? You know what I mean? Right. Like, like it's a different right. situation if it's like drugs. And abuse, like physical abuse, emotional abuse, any kind of abuse. But mm-hmm. if it's a bad situation, well, yeah, get the kid out of there. But why would you take somebody from their parents and think it's for their own good? Well, it, it obviously wasn't. It was basically the Canadian equivalent of the Crusades. It's basically what what it all comes down to. It was like, we need to get these kids to start thinking our way. You know, and raise them Ugh. as good as good Christian people, as good Canadians, as good white people, because we're tired of these savages in this country. And like that doesn't fly in my book. There's an actress that I would like to see if we could get a hold of. Um, you know how I talk about like that show, The Order, and I literally can't shut shut up about it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an actress. Hang on, let me find her name. Because she's Canadian, as most of them are. Catherine Isabel. No, not her. Oh, okay. No, um, Catherine you, Isabel plays you, like the mom. Kind of. I thought of, you were going to give me an excuse to call her. Well, I mean, <laughs> yes. like, honestly, <laughs> I would kind of love to talk to her too. Really. Uh huh. No, so yes. no, so this actress, it's Devry Jacobs. Oh, okay. Devery Jacobs. And let me just look her up real quick. I know riveting radio. Sorry, everybody. Um, oh, but this is from the hip radio as well. Yeah. Hang on. How do you spell Devery? I hate when I can't. D-E-V-E-R-Y? Thank you. Maybe. Yep. Devery. Right. Dev. Oh, for the love of God. This should not be this hard. Okay. So this is who I think this is. Right. Okay. Yep. Here we go. So she is indigenous. 
she is also um, part of the LGBTQ community. And I would love, because I mean, like, I started following her on Instagram after I saw her on The Order, because her character is just amazing. And I, so I started following her, and she's been a big proponent of, like, the indigenous peoples in Canada. And that's really where I first started learning about it. I'm like, oh, whoa, what's going on here? And it, it you know, just things that she's posted spread a lot of education stuff. I would really like to hear it from her because she's somebody who's obviously I'm going to sound like a jackass when I say this, but like she's assimilated into like the Canadian culture or what the whatever world popular culture, but still has strong ties to the indigenous people, you know? And I know depending on where you're at, that seems to be like, that always seems to be the struggle. Like how do you, you know, it's, I mean, you know what? It's it's kind of like the the like the um, oh my goodness, what are they? The Amish here in the states, like ah, right. You know where you know if you leave the Amish church, you get excommunicated things. Like there's a specific set of beliefs, kind of stuff. So, but she seems to do both very well, and I, she'd be a fun person to talk to. Um, just I mean, one she was an actress on the Order, killer killer show, but then somebody oh, who's fantastic. who is. Canadian and an indigenous, uh, I, that, that'd be somebody that we should talk to somehow, you know? And I mean, sure. if, if you need to talk to Catherine Isbell, while we're at it. I get it. It's okay. Oh, you know. Twist my arm. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. honestly, we should get Catherine on the show for Halloween and talk about ginger snaps. There we go. I like the way you're thinking. Cause that's just absolutely amazing. <laughs> you know, but yeah. anyway, so, where the hell were we going with this? How did I get here? Oh, we were talking about the the Canadian church burnings. Yeah, well, I, I, like I'm just I'm trying to understand because, and and maybe this and again this is probably gonna show my ignorance, but I'm like I'm trying to think now. I'm like, okay, did we have things like that here? Like, did we do that? Because I know we have like like the the reservations that were set up for the Native Americans, um, right? I'm like, man, was anything like this, this whole, like, pull them from your child thing done here? And then what, what, here's what I can't figure out is there is still like Native American hate crimes performed. Like people go out and like beat up Native Americans for being Native Mm -hmm. American. Like I, 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 in this day and age, I don't get it. I really don't. You Neither know, do I. You're that, absolutely right. It, and it's oh, sorry. There, yeah, no, go ahead. I was going to say, there is that 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 prejudice. You know, every, everyone thinks like Canadians, you know, are the warm, well, welcoming people. You know, there's no hate. There's no that. And for the most part, that's true. There is a certain segment of the Canadian population that just doesn't like First Nations people. But Why? I, like what's 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 being communicated know. about them? Like, what's the propaganda? I don't know why. Right? Because, I don't know why. Like the more things that are coming out about different propagandas, right? Like, and here here's I'm putting on my tinfoil hat, and here's my conspiracy thing, and you know whatever other um, cliche conspiracy theorist thing you you want to make up right now. But I was talking to a buddy of mine about this social media controls how people feel oh definitely and if anybody wants to disagree with me on this you know snowy is the perfect example 
he only has metalhead friends. He only follows bands, musicians. He's the most fucking happy person in the world. Me, uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't want to offend people, so I have friends on there that I really don't want to defriend because I don't want to be, you know, that guy. And for my own health and safety, I probably should, but that's also why I don't go on Facebook. And once I stopped, now I'm the happiest guy, uh, right? Yo. Uh-huh. And and the thing is, like these algorithms, they keep fe- feeding into the things that you frequent. So it's like. Man, it's it's almost like an addiction where like if something gets you fired up, well then you keep finding all these, you know. And I really saw this when Trump was being elected, right? Mm-hmm. Not even the most recent campaign, but when he was being elected the first time back in 2016, with you know a friend of mine who's one of the most intelligent people I know. Who when she starts talking about Trump, sounds like a four year old throwing a tantrum. Right. All of her intelligence is gone. I'm like, what happened to you? And because you've got this this threat threat of media and all this sort of stuff. So before social media, it couldn't be done as quickly. So I want to know what has been so deeply embedded into the culture that it keeps going. Because, I mean, like the KKK and racism, that's taught. Oh, yeah. You're uh-huh. not born a racist. That's right. And I think you know? that's the same thing in Canada with the indigenous people. Yeah. Like, like you don't wake up and be like, you know what? I'm a baby. I don't like black people. Like you don't give a shit when you're a kid. You, you don't, don't play with anybody. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> you I, know, like I totally remember that as 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 a kid. Yeah. Okay. You're on the school. You're you're I as a kid, I'm in the schoolyard, I'm playing soccer. Okay. This one kid comes up and he's got his turban on. Okay, I can tell he's from a different culture and all that. But he kicked our ass at soccer or football. It's like it's like, dude, you rule. Yeah. Because all you saw was another kid really good at soccer. Yeah. You didn't see any other, you know, bullshit that gets ingrained in us from, you know, like like you said, it's taught. It's taught. You know, and and how much of it is religion? Right. It, as much, uh, much as I don't I even want to go say, down that road, yeah. but I mean, how much of it is religion? And I I have to say I've seen. I've seen a lot of people that I've been really surprised um, where I thought that they were not going to agree with certain things that people that I went to school, because remember I went to a a Christian college, um, people that I went to school with there that have been supporting the LGBTQ and all that sort of stuff. I'm like, Oh, thank God. You know, um, it's like, there we go. But then like how just, you know, and I don't know. I, I, you know, I just, I get at a loss for words every time we think this, because it really just comes down to why can't we let people be people? You know, like, like there, there's, there's basic things. Don't steal from each other. Don't kill each other. You know, those are the two big ones. There's probably some other ones, but I I feel like, I feel like if we start with those two, you know, like don't kill, don't, don't kill each other and don't steal from each other. Right there, like like those are those are the basic laws we need. We don't need uh-huh. to be be able to make laws like, well, if um, you like to marry somebody who's the same sex as you, well, then that's bad, you know. And I mean, thankfully, we're past that now. But I mean, um, it's been Pride Month here. And I don't know if that's everywhere, but I mean, it's here in the states. It is up you know? here, yeah. Well, and, in, in June, yes. Yeah, and and some some of the best, like I feel like we're finally getting. 
the education out there. Like it's like staying years, but they were talking about like the Stonewall incident in in NYC, you know. And it's like I I never knew about it. It's like fuck, you know. And I mean, I, I one of my one of my old bosses was gay, you know. And I mean, he's probably in his sixties now. And I mean, so think about being gay. You know, even if he figured it out when he's twenty, think about being gay forty years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, in the eighties, it was becoming more commonplace, but there was still a lot of hate crimes. There was on. a lot of hate in the eighties. You know, yeah. so there was a like, lot of homophobia. It, you know, it just to get to where we are. I don't even know where I'm going with this anymore. But anyway, hotter than a church in Canada. There we go. We'll bring it back. There, there we are. <sighs> there we are. Right? It was definitely something that you would want to talk about as well as I found a little something. Are you familiar with Reddit at all? Yes, I am. Yeah. I. I so what? I'm the worst internet user in the world because I, I can't get into forums and things. And I know people love things like Reddit and I still don't understand why it's exciting. But I, I do have the article up that you shared. Right, right. Because it's something, you being a musician, okay, this is something that I want to share with everyone, with all of our listeners, everyone listening to this. And I want to share it with you as well, because I think you would really appreciate this. One of my bizarre forms of entertainment is, like, I don't go on to Reddit and just read a bunch of this stuff, but one of my... When when I'm pissing around on YouTube, there are certain you you YouTubers, okay, that will recite stuff from from Reddit and make it their own little video. And those are a lot of fun. You know, I've gone down the rabbit hole with a lot of these. And some of these YouTube clips, you know, taken from Reddit, deal with entitled people. You know, people that you know, entitled parents that feel the world revolves around them and their precious little children and, you know, their kids can do no wrong and everyone just has to do whatever they want, okay? I've read a number of these entitled parents, you know, stories and on these videos and all that. And it's just, it, 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 it's hilarious. And it also really makes you scratch your head and say, I can't believe fucking people like this actually exist okay because the way i the way i grew up you know in a in a military household and on force bases and in small communities and then as my teens you know i became a punk rock heavy metaler and all that like the idea of entitlement just isn't there okay so i get i get a really a real kick out of a lot of this I found this one Reddit posting, okay, called Entitled Mom Sells Me a Broken Guitar Because Her Baby Can't Play It. Okay, so before we wrap this episode up, I'm just I'm just going to read it out just to share this with all of our listeners because quite frankly, it is very entertaining it's basically told from the the op like the the original person that that put this on reddit was a gentleman who's kind of a musical connoisseur and a musician and he found a really cool guitar 
you know, for very cheap at a garage sale. And you being a musician, okay, this is where, you know, I think you would really appreciate this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're flipping through yeah. this. If I could find a Les Paul for 50 bucks. <laughs> That's um, right. That's right. Yeah. I'd buy it. Uh-huh. For sure. For sure. So this gentleman says, this story happened some years ago while I was living on the East Coast. I was driving back home from a friend's house and decided to take a detour through one of the more nicer neighborhoods because it was the beginning of fall and I'm just a sucker for the scenery. While driving, I just so happened to have found another thing I go crazy for, a garage sale, which I love those too. Oh, yeah. Okay, because you never know what some old lady, you know, that obscure rare comic book that she just wants to get rid of and you never know what it's going to be worth. You know, so I'm all for those. With me having some money on hand, I decided this was fate and pulled over to check it out. At first, I didn't see anything re- anything special, just the kind of stuff you'd expect to see at any garage sale. Old furniture, clothes, DVDs, and other small items. But then in the corner of my eye, I saw something that I just didn't expect to see. A guitar. An axe! I went in for a closer look, expecting it to be some cheap beginner guitar, the kind with a brand name you don't recognize. But no, what stood before me was an actual Gibson Les Paul. Okay, I know nothing of guitars. I talk to musicians, but not about their, you know, about their instruments and all that. I know the value of a Gibson Les Paul. Oh, yeah. Okay. Side note, for those who don't know, Gibson is a very prestigious guitar brand name, and Les Paul is possibly the most famous model type. This model of guitar is legendary for being the weapon of choice. I love that expression. (laughs) Amongst God-level rock stars. Example, Slash from Guns N' Roses or Ace Frehley from Kiss. But now back to the story. She was beautiful. And yes, I referred to guitars as she. Of course, guitars... Cars, skateboards, pool cues, they're all she's. Why don't people understand that? Like, you all, ref- you give them female names. Like, I don't know. Maybe yeah, I'm out of touch. I See, I don't. And that's never been me. I, I'm such a weirdo in that respect. But keep going. Uh, anyways, she was gold in color with white trim and looked kind of old, but in really good condition. But what got me in an actual state of shock was the price tag. It said the price was $50. I couldn't help but think the person selling this forgot to add another zero at the end of the price, as well as a one at the beginning. So I picked up the guitar and went to the woman handling the sale to ask her about it. She didn't really look like a typical entitled entitled parent but her attitude and body language just radiated entitlement. It was like her aura was almost made out of pure smugness and hatred for the working class. Just by talking to her, I couldn't help but feel she was the kind of soccer mom, oh God, yes, that you would expect to yell at the coach as well as the referee and other parents and maybe some of the kids. But I digress. We all know, if your kid's in sports, dude, We all know that parent. Well, me, I walked up and said, excuse me, ma'am, can I ask about this guitar? The price says it's $50. 
Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Well, that's an unusually good price. Is there a reason for that? Yes, it's broken. I figured someone can use it as a decoration in their man cave or something. Hearing that just broke my heart. But it also got me curious because I couldn't find anything physically wrong with the guitar. No cracks or any other signs of damage. I started asking more questions, thinking maybe I could fix her later. See, there it is again, her. It's a she. <laughs> However, it was, it was at this moment that any and all logic began to die and roll away down the hill away from me. Well, I asked, can I ask what's wrong with it? Entitled mother said, yes, my baby can't play it. Excuse me? My son, he says it's unplayable. Oh, does he work with guitars like a technician or something? Oh, no, he can't work. My baby is only 12. That's, okay, that... Mind blown. Really? You're listening to a 12-year-old? Okay. Hearing that stunned me for a quick second. But then I decided to give her the benefit of the doubt. I don't know this kid, so maybe he was one of those young musical virtuosos that got accepted at Juilliard earlier or something. Yeah, that's fucking funny. So I take it your son is musically talented. Entitled mother replied, it, oh yes, very much. He plays that Guitar Hero game all the time. <laughs> wow. I responded, um, what? Oh, you know, that game where you play music. He's constantly playing that game and is always getting the high score on it. I kept a straight face, but my mind was turning into that meme of the woman trying to do math. So, because of that, you got him a guitar? Well, of course. When you have a child as gifted as mine, <laughs> okay, it's important that you nurture their gifts. Well, of course, I totally understand that. But, so you think he knows what he's doing? She responds, well, he obviously knows what he's doing. If he says it's broken, then it's broken. Listening to her talk made my brain hurt. Yeah. And it also helped me decide to take the chance and buy the guitar. While paying, this woman went on a long, insane rant about how the guitar was actually a gift from his kid's late grandfather from the dad's side of the family and how he must not like her son because he gave him an old hand-me-down guitar instead of a brand new one. Wow. That's the thing that really got me. Like, I wish, like, my grandparents, like, had a kick-ass record collection. Like, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be the same type of music I dig. But, man, some of those records would have been off the hook from their time. Oh, yeah. For sure, for sure. So, hearing all this legitimately upset me, but I decided to just keep my mouth shut and leave, which is the right thing to do, dude. Yes. After getting home, I immediately took the guitar, plugged her into my amp, retuned her. That was all the maintenance that she needed, and played a new, a few new, a few notes and chords. To my amazement, she sounded perfect. It felt as if her soul was singing the praises of freedom. I spent the rest of the day playing and tripping out on that. Not not only that, I had purchased my first ever Gibson Les Paul, but I only paid fifty bucks 
But the story doesn't end here. A few weeks later, I met a friend at a party who was an actual guitar technician. I told him my story, and he said if he wanted, if I wanted, he could appraise the guitar for me and tell her her true value. I took him up on the offer, and the results blew me away. It turned out my baby was a vintage Les Paul from 1973, retailing at well over three large, $3,000. He then asked me if I was interested in selling, but I told him, no way. <laughs> no, I'm never letting her go. But the story doesn't end there because, once again, this is an entitled parent story. Shortly after getting my baby appraised, I got word from a friend who works, who turns out works in the same office building as the husband of the entitled mother. She updates me about what she learned, and apparently entitled mother's husband is, of course, righteously pissed. It turns out not only did the entitled mother sell a very expensive guitar for just 50 bucks, but it was a gift from his father to her spoiled kids. But she also sold it without him knowing. Wow. You know, I can't begin to tell you how pissed I would be. Not only that, my friend informed me that Entitled Mother has been looking for me. My friend tells me that Entitled Mother wants to find me so she can demand the guitar back. Not offer to buy it back or even pay for what I paid. She wants to demand that I give it back to her for free because I apparently... Scammed her out of a priceless family heirloom and robbed her child's ability to play music. Wow. My friend said she didn't say anything about her knowing me and she asked me if I wanted her to say anything to them about who I was. I told her absolutely not. If she wants to play guitar, she can buy a new one with the money I gave her, just like she planned. And I agree that this guitar is a family heirloom, but it's my family heirloom now sorry entitled mom but if it means anything if you're reading this i named her karen <laughs> <laughs> okay you as a musician yeah who has you know more than your share of instruments and know the value like how many times did you die just reading this, hearing this? Well, the stories, I, I, I honestly feel the story is fabricated, right? Mm -hmm. um, one, it was posted 180 days ago during the height of COVID when everybody had nothing better to do than to make fun of people. Um, the whole Karen thing has become a real popular thing, so everybody wants to be in on that. Um, Reddit is a great place to piss people off. Uh -huh. And... Um, now I'm like looking up like 73 Les Pauls on reverb just to kind of get an idea for this. They're going from like 3000 to 8,000, 5,000, you know, depends on, on what you're looking at here. All right. But in general, like I laugh at this because anything that survived from the seventies, most of it's garbage because the seventies is notoriously when Gibson and Fender were all putting out shit. So okay. if it really does play well, then yes, it'd be worth that. But it's probably worth more than that because it's one of the only ones that actually plays well. Because typically, survive. 70s guitars really weren't expensive because they sucked. Nobody wanted them. And, and I laugh now that they're doing like these 70s reissues and stuff. I'm like, no, nobody liked them. That's why Ibanez was being sued for making these identical copies of Les Pauls <laughs> that played better 
right? So, so, so that's one, right? That's the musician or me too. If this really is a family heirloom, and I mean, maybe this is me being a Boy Scout, but I think I would have had had more of a discussion. I'd be like, well, you know, how'd you get it? Um, if, if this is really a family heirloom, the husband, the only reason that the wife wants it back is because now the husband's pissed. He's like, that's my grandfather's, right. you know, because I would have been pissed too. But if I was the husband, oh. I'd be like, I'd be like, hey, can I give you the money back? And can I have this guitar back? You know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Because... Right. Uh, it, it's one of those things where obviously he knew more about it and it's all, it's, it's always buyer and seller beware, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but there's, there's a lot of stories where people do swindle people, you know, especially people going around to, to guitar sales. And this, this feels like one of the swindle stories just kind of, um, scam the other way. And also, too, there's too many great coincidences. You just happen to have a friend that works in the same office building. You just happen to run into a guitar tech at a party. Um, right. If you're playing guitar and you know what this guitar is worth, you already know a guitar tech. You know what I mean? Like, oh, sure. like there, there's just, there's so much bullshit in this story. Um, so, right. well, that's, that's, that's the thing about the internet. Yeah. You can say whatever you want. You exactly. Can, you know, you can have the inspiration. Oh, I got this really good story. And maybe there's parts of this that is true. And they just expanded on it to fit in the whole Karen neg- narrative. Oh, that's exactly that. what's no, going on. I totally get that. Yeah. But on the other hand, I can see this. Okay, because you you know as well as I do, like when dealing with Joe and Jane Average, like when it comes to music... Especially as being metalheads and punks, we know all about the ignorance that they have about it and all that. I, I, I can see it happening, you know. That's why I kind of chose to read this because I knew you would have something to say about it. You would have an opinion either way, yeah. and I def, I definitely do. My thing well, for here sure. is because you know if this is the entitled mom and they can afford these kind of things. Right, because that's typically where the entitled mom thing comes in for. They have more money than brains, and mm-hmm. why wouldn't they have gotten the kids' lessons? That's that's Th- just it. That's that that's that's, that's the thing I'm calling bullshit on too. So, um, during the Guitar Hero era, so many people were hating on it, and people like to tell the story because they were hating Guitar Hero, right? And and that's where I think this is written from because the, the guy wanted to be a snob towards Guitar Hero. Here's what mm-hmm. I saw during Guitar Hero. Right. And and this is where I become very unpopular because um, I'm not a Nirvana fan. And it's not that I don't like the songs. And it's really it's like I'm not a Kurt Cobain fan because I think he was a dick who um, really like tried to downplay and was was so cynical, uber cynical and anti rock star that he convinced this whole generation of kids that were buying everything he said, hook, line and singer that they didn't have to practice. So we got shit music for years. Mm-hmm. You know, and and we have way less guitar players and people quit taking lessons and then it just, you know, went into the corner, that sort of stuff. But when Guitar Hero came out, that started really celebrating the guitar again and not just the traditional guitar god. Like you had guys like Mike Ness that were on there. Like Mike Ness is no Eddie Van Halen, but he's great, right? But he's a different kind of great. And so... I saw an uptick in kids becoming interested in music again, interested in some really great guitar-based music, and taking a real instrument interest in the instrument. For some of them, it stuck. For some of them, it didn't. 
but Guitar Hero did a lot of great things, and it, it was so funny because there's just oh yeah, these kids think they can play the guitar. No, like that 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 was like a grumpy guy in his 30s that never got his record made. <laughs> who, who wrote that? Like, like that's really right. what it is. You know, he never achieved what he wanted to, and now he's pissed that these kids are playing things. And because the reality is, he wishes he had it when he was a kid. I had Guitar Hero. I loved it. My wife liked it. Mm-hmm. You know. My yeah, wife is yeah, not a fan had, of the music I listen to. We had it, yeah. Listens to other stuff now that she didn't listen to before because the way it was presented, it was fun. And ladies and gentlemen, music is supposed to be fun. And like this this story, like this guy just sounds like a dick and he's kicked in the balls. Like, <laughs> like but fair enough. Fair enough. Hang yeah. on. I, I my favorite comment on here. I played the oboe and I've been renting one for five years because a decent uh, tone costs a few thousand pounds and secondhand ones sell out really quickly. <laughs> I had a kid who played the trumpet. I feel your pain. I'm like, I love this. <laughs> this other guy, I can play the garden hose. Not very well. Like, I love it. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Like, that's right there. That's what makes the internet fun. You know? Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, no, like, like I, yeah. That, yeah. stories like that piss me off because I'm like, now you're kind of uninformed. And that that's the kind of guy who, who probably thinks, let's see here. Um, like, <laughs> It's like my doctor when I said, "Yeah, I like heavy metal." It's like, "Oh, like Def Leppard." I'm like, "No, but, okay. ballpark." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like yeah. no heavier. That's 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 when you just smile and nod and humor the normies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's how I feel about that story. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. What what I think is a real positive about you know Guitar Hero and all these other video games. And all that is the younger generation learned about, you know, some some of the more classic rock songs. Yeah. That that they wouldn't. Okay, okay. Because if if I was to sit down, even with Little Snowy, and say, "Here, I got all these wicked albums from the '70s and '80s. Why don't you give them a listen?" She's not going to. Nope. You know, like she doesn't care about Black Sabbath and Kiss and. DRI and you know she's cutting her own path in life and like I said earlier today I'm so proud that I helped her you know cut that path you give them something like something that the youth can relate to like a video game a home video game because arcades are nothing now which is another you know something to cry about okay but uh, you give them something like that and that opens up a whole world of discovery to them. And that's that's the positive thing that I got out of Guitar Hero and Rock Band and all of that good stuff. If yeah. this if if all of this is true, it's a sad situation and this mother better get her head out of her ass. And if her son is so musically gifted, like you said, get her lessons. Yeah, but you here's know, get, the thing. If the dad knew what it was worth, why did the kid have um, unlimited access to a 73 Les Paul? Oh, that, see, that's that's another thing. That's kind of yeah. another plot hole. Like, the dad yeah. should have instilled that on, yeah. you know, and I don't, I don't, you know, I don't, I'm going to watch my words here, but... For the sake of, yeah. you know, having to go into it further, he should have instilled in on his wife the value of this. Well, his wife before, and, his, and his son. Yeah, yeah, both of them. And just, you know, so they would know, okay, we're having this garage sale, but 
I shouldn't get rid of this family heirloom. Yeah. And all so, that, which is, you know, if you if any anyone is going to take anything out of that, maybe that's another thing. And we could probably dissect this for a, for a week and probably find so many life lessons. Yeah. But out I mean, this. especially if she knew it came from the grandfather, like Right. I, like, I have something that my dad just, like, stained for my kids. I'm like, we're not getting rid of that. I'm like, my dad did this. Like, this, this is actually, like, nice, you know. But mm-hmm. I, I will leave you with this, right? I got my first bass guitar in August of 1985. I believe, and I, because I can't find the receipt anymore, but I believe it was $428 in 1985. All right. Okay. Now, you know, if you could get... Um, this base for $428 today, somebody would lose their mind. Like, holy cow, what a score. Because it's a 1985 P base. I'm the only owner. I'm the original owner. I got it brand new. And it is still, other than the knobs that need to be replaced, um, it is still in completely mint, unmodified condition. Would you like to know why? Sure. My mother threatened my life. <laughs> okay. If you do anything to this guitar, like, because everybody was putting uh-huh. stickers on their guitars, changing pickups out, all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. She's like, if you do anything to this guitar, I'll kill you. <laughs> that I understand. And I understand. here's how seriously I took this. In the 90s, I'm playing this guitar at a show, and it's packed up. A fight breaks out near my bass. My heart sinks. Ooh, yeah. And so I told my buddy, Sean, I'm like, okay, I need a show. I need a bass to take to live shows. And so I went on a hunt, found another bass from the same general year, same same serial number, um, drove across the state of Pennsylvania to pick it up with a buddy, another buddy of mine. Like literally, it was one of those great stories where we're up for 24 hours, you know, to, to go get this thing. And that bass looked identical, but you know what I did to it? Because that was not the one that my parents bought me. Um, I changed the pickups out. I put a hip shot detuner on it. Every modification I wanted to make that I was threatened to not do um, (laughs) was made to that base. Mm -hmm. Now, and uh, off air, you and I were talking about the kind of relationship my mom and I have. This is, this is, you know, where the fun starts. I have a hip shot um, detuner for anyone who's like wondering what I'm talking about. It's a lever you can, um, you put on your tuning key and you hit it, and it can drop it to a preset note. Billy Sheehan of um, you know the David Lee Roth Band and Mr. Big was most famous for using that because he dropped his E down to a D, and it was a really handy thing because we were playing a lot of things in drop D at the time. But um, I have one of those sitting on my shelf, and I told my mom, I'm like, well, when you pass away, I'm putting this on. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I tell her that all the time. <laughs> I'm like, I will be doing it on the casket. <laughs> <laughs> you know but but i oh, mean like boy. i'm i'm never modifying that guitar like it actually needs the frets replaced and i i'm thinking about that a lot like i'm like okay how much longer can i play it in this condition and still have it be okay um like for recordings and stuff like thankfully it still sounds great but it definitely needs fret work and i won't take it to anybody like it, it can't be just anybody this this has to be somebody that i've seen with proven work so there's a place in pittsburgh i kind of want to take it to um i almost want to see if i could send it back to like the fender factory uh-huh. um because th- this thing you know th- this is 
a lot of guitars have come and gone, but if I lose this, this bass, I do not know what I will do. Like, I mean, at, at this point in my life, the only thing in my life longer than this bass are my parents and my sister. Ah, uh, okay. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like, like, like nobody else, you know, and I've, I've just Fair spent enough. so much time with it. So, yeah. So that, that's where, like, I just say there's, there's just so much bullshit in that story. Fair enough. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> like, I said, like, like I said, I knew you would get a kick out of this. We're kind of going into extra innings, so we're going to forego a lot of our other segments and all that. We'll pick that up next week. Um, how can uh, people get a hold of us? Well, dear snowman, radmetal666. At gmail.com. You can send us an email that way. Send us your, your tracks, your whatever. Send us your address, and Snowy will write you letters via Moose Mail. We'll talk about that more in a minute. Um, Facebook.com slash RadMetal. That's where you can see the fun things that Snowman here posts. Um, at RadMetal666 for Twitter and Instagram. Instagram, we post pictures, like when we talk about the albums and stuff. If if I can remember, I can start writing this stuff down, guys. But if I can remember, like, I'll post pictures of this Gojira record. Um, and mm-hmm. everything that Snowy talks about, he puts up on Instagram. Like, we have to get better at posting it when the shows drop. Because a lot of times, by the time you hear this, we post them two weeks ago. Um, right. Or, I forget altogether. Um, our Twitter, we don't tweet much, but we're retweeting. That's better, right? Because um, sure. I've been retweeting things, so there's a little bit of um, traffic there. Um, radioactivemetal.org. That's where everything's at. It'll direct you to our Podbean site where we've got all the back issues. You can go there, download old episodes, check that out. Um, we're of course on iTunes and we are on Stitcher and we're on places we didn't even realize. Oh, that was weird. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. If you can get a podcast there, we're probably there. And we have no idea how we got there. You know? Some, someone out there is digging us and yeah. uploading us. Let's yeah. put it that way. So, yeah, so it's, it's, thank it's just you some crazy to those stuff. individuals. Yeah. Now, thanks to the fine folks at the Shiny Wizards Network, shiningwizardsnetwork.com. Um, we are also on Spotify through the Shiny Wizards Network. So, if you look up Shining Wizards Network on Spotify, you're going to find us. You're going to find. All sorts of great podcasts they have going on, including one called A Wrestling Night in Canada with a host that sounds a lot like Snowy. Good looking guy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, handsome, handsome guy. Um, so speaking of Instagram, Snowy, did you see the thing I tagged you in from uh, the Hard Times News? Not yet, not yet. Okay, but well, I was laughing so hard because this was this is so you. Because you know how you always talk about your back alley lemmies? Right. So uh-huh. the the headline is Punk looks forward to finally hanging out with friends in alley during shows again. Oh yes, okay. Yeah, I yes. I was in tears. I'm like, oh god, that's snowy right there. It's so funny. <laughs> so And funny. it's true, it's true. Like we said at the top of the hop, I have my second shot. I'm so looking forward to the back alley lemmies oh, with yeah. all my homies up here in the scene. Which that was hopefully someday soon will include you, my friend. Oh, dude, I hope, man. Like, I we have to get here. Maybe the for next so year's. Oh, definitely, yeah. definitely. But maybe for next year's Manitoba Metal Fest, I think. Hey. Oh, that, God, I'd love to do that. 
Yeah. Right on. That'd be it for that. But so I will leave you with this one from the hard times. Fourth grader, okay. fourth grader already listening to the Ramones at an eighth grade level. <laughs> I, I, I'm like, nice. that, that is so funny on so many levels. Uh, I'm like, Oh is. my goodness gracious. I'm just in tears here. So yeah. So I absolutely love the hard times. If you guys never check that out, check that out. It has nothing to do with us, but mm-hmm. it's a damn good time. But anyway, um, I feel like that's everything because we are no lo- longer on purerockradio.net because Rich, yeah, after he was sure. on this show, he realized that his dreams had been fulfilled and he could retire from purerockradio.net. And he has now <laughs> uh, shaved his head and become a monk in Tibet. Yeah. So I hear. Yeah. Yeah. I, I felt yeah. that was some pretty good bullshit on my part. I thought it was good. So, <laughs> so if, for real though, like what is Rich doing? Because I would love to start plugging that here because I... It just doesn't feel right not talking about Rich at the end of the show. It does. You're absolutely right. No, he has numerous. He he has a, he has a couple of different podcasts. He has retrograde on various different um, internet radio shows where he's basically said, I'll, "I'm kind of done doing my own radio station. I just want to con. I just want to concentrate on my own podcasts and all that." So, yeah, yeah just Google retrograde. Re- re- just google retrograde yeah okay. all right so ladies oh, and gentlemen oh. google retrograde um we'll try and do a better job next time having something because i will plug anything rich does all the for time sure. for everything he did for us like rich mm-hmm. just thank you again for all the time you spent with radioactive metal and um with that said snowy and i keep thinking about things we want to do differently what do we want to do with the show um you know because as we said during this show we're not going to stop doing this unless it stops not being fun. And quite honestly, this is a damn lot of fun. It definitely is. It's been 14 years and it hasn't stopped being fun. Yeah. You know, and and what's really funny is I I tell my wife, I'm like, I've always, I've always been like this. I need to send, send, send you something off air. But, um, I was looking up the house I grew up in on Google Maps, and I was sending it to a person I work with. They're like, did you live in a forest? I'm like, yeah. And I said, no, that's the point. Like, I, I keep trying to explain to people that it was surrounded by trees. You can't see anything, like on the Google satellite. You can see all the other houses. You can't see that house, you know. And I, you know, it's like there's probably like two or three times the amount of houses that are there now, versus how many were around when I was a kid. But when I say two or three times, that means like nine to twelve. Okay, think about that, right? And so all, all my friends have never lived near me and you're just another one of them. Like I was talking ah. to my wife, I'm like, I have more friends on the internet that I've never met. Mm-hmm. You know, like I talk to you more than I talk to people I went to high school with. No, I you hear know, you. Or college that, yeah. or anything like that. So, I mean, it's one of those things. I have no idea where I was going with this, but just, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm thankful for our friendship. Ladies and gentlemen, listen to Radioactive Metal. Drink True Cult Coffee, T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T, coffee.com. That is now not only hotter than a church in Norway, it's hotter than a church in Canada. Canada, yeah, yeah. To get us on out of here, let's drop a track from the new record, The Barren Form, from Noctambulist. Really, really good stuff. Let's go with the track. Depletion. In the meantime and in between time, that's it. This has been a Witch, Witch is Witch episode of radioactive metal i'm snowy white and this is aaron signing off